You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. The following program is rated TV-MA-LSV. It contains strong language, sexual situations, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Valentine's Day. Love is in the air. And you know what that means. Your two lovable, cuddly, furry hosts have something special planned for you. Oh yeah, we're going to tell you about the greatest love stories ever told inside of a wrestling ring. That's right. Wrestling weddings. This week on the Power Hour. You know what? They always start out Great, but they usually turn into a shit show with a food fight. Hey there, how's it going? Uh, we're back with another wonderful episode of the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power. I'm Mikey. I'm still Corey. You, you've been Corey for quite some time. Yeah, at least like forty something years. Yeah, you don't know how old you are. I, yeah, I lost track about thirty. I, I forget sometimes how old I am. <laughs> Which, you get to a certain age. I mean, there's nothing major. I mean, our next major life event is, like, retirement. Yeah. And we still so, got quite a few years before that. Yeah. My mom just retired the other day. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. It, it was it was nice, you know. It's kind of weird, uh, you know, I'm still working there and she's not there. It's kind of weird, but... Uh, Are we having a retirement party for your mom? She does not want one. A little tough. She, she did not want one at work. Um, I bought her a cake. And I got on the intercom and I announced, uh, hey, everybody, you know, my mom's retiring. She's serving cake in her office. Come get She's serving cake. the cake? Oh, yeah. We put, I put it in her office. <laughs> and I said, she's serving cake in her office. Um, you know, why don't you come in and get a piece of cake and say goodbye to her? Uh, she was kind of the, uh, the go-to person there. She'd been there 33 years. Oh, wow. So she had all the answers. She could calm people down. She knew every nick and nook and cranny of the building. Yeah, she. I mean, she knew everything, and and you know, she could. She was a, a, a fixer, you know, and so uh, we we don't know who the fixer is going to be now. That's you because you're the maintenance guy. Well, yeah, um, the 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 kind of the ongoing comment that's been made is, especially by me, is that uh, I'll probably only last another six months there because she was one that would see me pissed off going to chew somebody's ass, and she'd stop me. Oh, God. And she'd be like, uh, uh, come in here. What's going on? And yeah, I give you two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. But, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, well, it, when you talk to your mom later, probably today or tomorrow, yeah. tell her happy retirement. Yeah. Well, and, you know, like she said, she didn't want to. <laughs> she said she didn't want a big party. She didn't want to. She hates potlucks. And uh, wow, potlucks are awesome. Well, she. she you, if you, got, you can pick and choose what you want to eat. But that's the thing. She would. Um, want to know who made it, what, what was in it, you know, all that, you know, she, she has some allergies like to citrus. Yeah. You know, so she can't eat lemons, limes, oranges and that. She's not missing out much. Those things are sour. Yeah. But, uh, it, it, it she gets anaphylactic, uh, reaction from it. Oh, so, that's, yeah. Yeah. Really. She, she, she can't eat that. So, it, but she didn't like, 
if she had, she kind of had a problem eating things that other people made if she didn't know what was in it yeah. all that jazz. So, um, she didn't want to party, and so that kind of carried over. She's like, I don't want any big fanfare. I just want to go home. So she didn't do anything her last day. She served cake and just talked to people, which oh, was nice. which was cool. Um, we had you know, we had a good time with it. She, she was very happy to be retiring, and everybody else was really having a hard time with it. How does your dad feel about it? Because now she's stuck at home with your dad all day. Well, um, as you know, uh, my grandma lives with them. So that's my mom's mom. Yep. And every Thursday she has a beauty shop appointment. And with my mom retiring from work. Your dad doesn't have to take her now. Uh, my dad retired from uh, beauty shop duty. Nice. So, yeah. That was, it, He's uh, not going to get his beard done? He, he never got his beard He'd done. He'd go in there and like, let's make it curly today. No, he would drop her off at the beauty shop, and he would go down and hang out at the uh, subway and at the gas station and talk to people while she was getting that done, because it takes like a couple hours. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's what he would do. He would hang out at the gas station and bullshit. So, that was kind of nice for him, but yeah, now he's doing whatever he wants to do. Well, that's what they do in small towns. That's what old guys do in small towns. I know. Is hang out and talk. You call my dad old? Your dad is old. I don't have to tell him that. No, because he can still kick my ass. <laughs> yeah. Tell him that. Yeah, he can. <laughs> so yeah, that that was that was like the big the big event this past week. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we recorded. Yeah, we didn't record last week. No, um, I was tired. I we had snow. We did. Did we have snow? Yeah, we had snow and ice. Yeah, and I was tired, and because you kept kept getting called into work. No, oh, that's right. I did get called into work. Um, that's right. So. Yeah, there was that. Uh, anything else major happened this last week or two? No, I did a lot of laundry last. I got every load of laundry done last Sunday. Well, and that's what you said the week before too. Yeah, <laughs> I and that might have been the week before. Yeah, I don't remember. It's like everything's just been blurred. I actually got every uh, piece of laundry that I own done. Well, you you, you have like a billion fucking t-shirts. Oh yeah. So yeah, I I, I got all my laundry done. Well, actually, I. I I took it over because I don't have a washing machine hooked up at my house right now. Yeah. So I took it over to my parents' house. I started my laundry. And then my mom's retired. So she's like, bring some more laundry over. I need something to do. I'm like, well, I, should, I could have given you my washing machine that didn't work. You could have fixed it. I have a washing machine. Uh, it's just not hooked up. I have, a, I have a washer and a dryer. They're just not hooked up. You did that on purpose so your mom could do your laundry. Oh, well, yeah. There was you, know what you, guys, you know what you need to do? Since you guys are so close, you just get one of them freaking... Uh, the tubes they use for, to like form concrete, like for pillars. Yeah. You get a bunch of those, you stick them together, and you just use it, make it like a slide between nope. the houses. What I need is that tube that they have at the bank. Oh, yeah. I can yeah. just like stuff a back, basket of laundry in there and hit the button and like You're vacuum like, it, <laughs> zoom, and it dumps out over at their place. Like, God damn it. That'd be so funny, dude. <laughs> they're, they're sitting there having dinner and a big a big basket of my dirty underwear falls into the laundry. All you hear is <laughs> so it overshoots and lands on the table right they don't eat at the table they eat the dad eats in his recliner that's what yeah that's what we do too yeah so our kitchen's not big enough for a table for everybody to eat no and your dining room is full of toys yeah so um I had something interesting. This is a, a, a problem that most people probably do not have. You probably have no idea that this even exists. Um, so, as it sits right now, I have been awake for about, oh, let's see, 12, 
about 18 hours. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, about 18 hours. Um, so that means uh, I woke up at like 2.30 in the morning and couldn't get back to sleep. So I thought, well, hell, I'll go in and uh, I'll shave my head. I'll, I'll shave my head and do a little grooming. So I... He manscaped. Uh, no, I did that the other day. I got a new manscaper. It, it's very nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so uh, I... I... Uh, it's actually a Manscaped brand, Manscaper. You know, it'd be nice if they were our sponsor. Uh, I'm trying, man. I, I am trying. We talk about them enough. But, uh, so I decided, you know. We also talk about Bang enough, too, but. Yeah, but they, they, they're they probably too too big for us now. Yeah. But. Uh, we're not we're not extreme sports guys. Well, I, 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 I shaved my head, and then I'm like, well, I'm going to trim my beard up a little bit. So I trim my beard up a little bit. I'm like, this is good. And I as I'm looking in the mirror. Well, I, then I noticed that my, my bathroom counter was just a cluttered mess, so I started picking that up, and I cleaned that up. And I, it looks nice, you know? Everything looks nice. Everything's at its place now. Uh, that'll last for about three days. And then I noticed my, my nose ring, my septum ring, was crooked. And I went to move it, and it wouldn't move. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, the septum is one in the middle. Did you have a big-ass booger stuck to it? Yes! That's so gross. I was trying to move it, and it wouldn't move. And I'm like, what's going on here? And so I, I wiggled it a little more, and it, I thought that I ripped the fucker out. It hurt so bad. And I'm like, what is going on with this? You know, I didn't know this was... So I kind of fished around up there, and there was a huge, like, booger on the side, and it was holding it in place. So I had to, like, really wiggle it. It hurt. Oh, my God, it hurt so fucking bad. But I finally got it kind of broken free, and then I got it turned around. I'm like, oh, so I had to get a little thing and clean that off. And people that don't have a septum ring, they don't realize what it takes to maintain that thing. And usually I'm pretty good about straightening it out, you know. But I must not have done it, and I must have been congested, and it just, it was like fucking concrete, man. How do you think bulls feel? Bulls? Yeah. I don't, well, they don't have anybody to turn their ring. No. And they get dirty and stuff. And yeah. They're like full of crap. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I wonder how that doesn't get infected. It probably does. That's what started Mad Cow. <laughs> it's a bull septum ring. Yeah, it got infected. So, <laughs> you know, they put those in pigs. They put them in pigs too. Yeah, and, and the reason they put them in pigs because they're called a hog ring. Oh no! Shit. The reason they put them in pigs. I've only seen them in bulls. Uh, I don't, and I'm not quite sure why they mostly put, mostly Looney Tunes cartoons. But yeah, and they used them as a door knocker. Yeah. But the reason that you put one in a pig, I guess, is to keep them from uh, from rooting and digging in the ground. How does that stop them? I don't know. But because they're still gonna go. It, that was awesome. I know. That was great. But yeah, oh, I, I great. Oh, great pig collar. Yeah, <laughs> good pig collar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I've always that's always what I've been told though. Is, is that that's why they do it in pigs? Maybe it's just because it gets stuck. Because yeah. it just kind of hangs there. Well, or it gets it gets in the way. I'm sure you know. Well, well, you think it would get in the way when they're eating? You would think. But pigs, you, pigs, pe- people think pigs are like big slobs. They're really not. They're actually very clean. Pigs are extremely clean. I have a friend that uh, she has two full size pigs that live in her house. That's crazy. Um, the the one is like 300 pounds. What happens like when it gets hot out? Do they just, do they just smell like bacon and ham? Yes, when they lay in the sun. Yeah. Yeah, they leave a grease spot. <laughs> Um, no, these these things they they live in our house. They um, got to get to flip them every now and then so they don't <laughs> <yeah>. burn. <laughs> they sizzle. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But uh, yeah, these pig, these pigs live in her house. It's crazy, and um, there was a, a point in time where she was uh, she was staying with a friend. Yeah, you know, she was in between homes and she was staying with a friend, and the pigs lived in her van. Oh no shit! Yeah, yeah, she brought them over one time. Um, very nice pigs. I mean, they're very very polite. They would just lay down and you know they'd kind of chill. Like, how you doing, Mikey? They were uh, hello. How are you? Thanks for inviting us over. Um, yeah, it was, it was it was crazy. Would you like to straighten out? Try to straighten out my tail? Uh, no, I never tried to straighten out their tails. It doesn't work. They get mad when you do that. They do. They do. Um, but yeah, pigs are very smart as well. We had a pet pig for a while. Oh no shit. Yeah. Um, his name was Dave. Dave. And uh, see my, my. Okay, so we're gonna go, we're gonna just gonna start this off topic. Dave's not here anymore. No, no, Dave's not here anymore. Dave has been digested. I did not eat Dave. Um, my dad has this friend that it's his best friend. And he's always, like, rescuing animals and dropping them off to my dad. <laughs> and Here, Wally. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just, you know, so one time he... I can just hear your dad, what the hell am I going to do with this? Yeah. Uh, one time uh, they were cutting firewood and they found a baby raccoon. And so the baby raccoon came down to our house. I would have kept our baby raccoon. Uh, it's not legal to keep them. You can't keep a wild animal like that. It's not legal. Uh, at least not in Nebraska. But, so, we had this baby raccoon that we had to bottle, we had to feed it with a syringe, because it was that little. Oh, shit. And, uh, you know, it was, it was in the tree, uh, obviously the mother had abandoned it, and, because uh, they were cutting the tree down, probably. Yeah. And, so we got that, we had to feed it with a syringe, and that thing would cry constantly, it was just constantly making noise. And, uh, eventually it got old enough and we, we turned it loose. And years later, we, we feel that this was the same one because my mom had this chihuahua and a uh, little grizzy. And one morning she put him out on the, the little leash, you know, outside the little stake to go to the bathroom. And we heard him just like raised all kinds of hell. And we looked out. He was nose to nose with a raccoon that was easily like three times his size. Oh, shit. And he was growling and making all kinds of noise. This raccoon's just hanging. Raccoon would have killed him. But this raccoon's just hanging out, like sniffing him and looking at him, and we believe that that was the raccoon that oh, we no raised. Kidding. Uh, it could have been, yeah. We called him Barfy because he threw up a lot. Barfy. Yeah, uh, the raccoon, not not the dog. The the dog was Grizz. That's a that's a callback to our last show. What? Barfy. Oh yeah, it is the, the Nickelodeon show. So, uh, one time he dropped off a uh, a baby badger. And, oh my god. Um, badgers are meaner than shit. Yeah. And so the the mother had been. I remember, I remember reading The Wind in the Willows. Yeah. Mr. Toad and Frog. Hell yes. Badger. He was an old fucking grump. Well, this badger was meaner than hell, but we got him as a baby because the mother uh, was trying to cross the road and had gotten hit. And so this baby was just standing there on the side of the road, you know, watching cars go by. And so this guy decided, well, I'm going to get this badger and take it down to Wally. <laughs> and so he. Uh, he had a shovel. This guy's like an old cowboy. Yeah. He uh, he had a shovel in the back of his truck, so he scooped this baby up with a shovel and went to toss him in the truck, and he missed. And the, the baby hit the side of the truck, and it knocked him out. Oh, God. So he picked him up, threw him in the back of the truck, and brought him down. And so we put him in a little cage. My dad used to uh, put on leather gloves and, like, bathe him because they, they stink. Yeah, and they got claws. So, yeah, so he would put on these leather gloves and bathe him and handle him. And this thing would, like, just chew the shit out of my dad's hands. and But we raised him until he was old enough to release, and we released him. You guys have a lot of wild animals on your property. We, we do. We do. Uh, we have deer that, that like, raise babies every year. It's kind of cool. But so one day, uh, 
this this friend of my dad's calls him up and he says, "Hey, uh, do you have like a dog kennel or something that is, is free?" And dad's like, "Yeah, we got you know a dog kennel outside." Did he find a bear? Um, no. He uh, he goes, "I got something for you." And dad's like, "Oh Jesus Christ, what are you bringing down now?" So he shows up and he's got this fucking pig, and in the back of the truck, and he goes, "I've been training this pig for three weeks." He goes, so I'm going to give him to you. This is Dave the pig. And he said, you only put him in the pen, but he said, you can let him out and he'll follow you. Yeah. Just like a dog. And we're like, okay. He goes, I've been training him. And, I trust, and this guy's full of shit most of the time. But this pig was trained just like a dog that he would follow you. And Dave ate Oreo cookies. So you'd get a pocket full of Oreo cookies and you'd say, come here, Dave. And you'd hold the cookie out and he'd come up and get a cookie. And then he, he'd follow you everywhere. And if he ever got out of the pen, he, he would root up the yard. But he would stand there and wait to be let back in. Yeah. So. Like one cookie for Dave. Yep. One for two me. Two for me. That's exactly what we did. Um, when it came time for, you know, Dave was big enough to uh, become bacon, I would not help them load Dave because Dave was a pet and I refused to eat anything that came from Dave. And my parents actually were cool about that. They, they would let me know. Yeah. You know, and I would like have a hamburger instead of a pork chop. Like, how's Dave, Mikey? Yeah. <laughs> How's Dave doing? How is that sausage patty? Apparently, Dave was delicious. Um, I'm sure he was sweet from all the cookies he ate, but uh, that's just how you do things on the farm, you know? You, you raise an animal as your pet until it's not your pet anymore. Yeah. Until it's time to become uh, food. But, uh, so yeah, we've, we've pissed off all the vegetarians and vegans now that listen to us. But, sorry, uh, guys. Yeah, sorry. That's that's life on the farm, man. Um, but yeah, so that... This that, is before vegans and... It was, yeah, it was before the. It was really in prominence. That, yeah. That, you know, there was there were vegetarians and vegans, but nobody no. knew what the hell they were. No, there was more I, I, I had coast stuff. Yeah, I had no clue what a a vegan uh, even ate. When I worked at uh, High V at the deli, <laughs> this guy came up and he says, um, "Do you have any products that are vegan?" And I go, um, "I don't know." <laughs> and he goes, "What do you mean you don't know?" I go, "What What do you eat?" Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, you know, can't be any animal product." I go. Honestly, all this shit probably has animal. It, it's all got cheese. It's all got meat. It's yep. all, you know, it's probably all, you know, yeah. But I think, because I don't know much about them, but I think vegans are more, uh, they don't eat anything with a face. Um, or, ve- is it, uh, or vegetarians don't eat meat, but they'll yeah. eat. They'll eat like, fish. They'll eat fish and yeah. uh, eggs and v- stuff like Vegans that. are no animal products, so they don't eat eggs. They don't eat uh, dairy. They don't eat anything that came from an animal. Yeah. Uh, is, they're, they're different, of course, they're different uh, varieties. Some of them will eat cheese or whatever. But yeah. For the most part, um, you know, I've cooked some delicious vegan food. Uh, you know, I've had various friends that were vegan and I would make them dinner and, yeah. So, you can make some delicious shit. That's just like, the, <laughs> we're going to get the poop talk out of the way right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Could have done that yet. I, uh. Once made a delicious um, vegan meal, including vegan horchata. I don't even know what horchata is. Horchata is a... It's a Mexican? Uh, it, yeah, it's a Mexican drink that is made with um, rice and milk. Okay. And cinnamon. And the process to make it is, is really interesting. You, like, soak the cinnamon in water with the, with the rice for overnight. And then the rice softens up, and then you put it in a blender, you drain it, and you put it in a blender, and then you mix it with milk and make kind of this, it's kind of a pulpy 
milk drink. Yeah. Well, I had to use like almond milk and I and all that, but almond milk is not bad. No, it was delicious. I actually liked it. This tastes, was, I mean, it tastes just like almonds, but yeah, this was really good. And then I made this uh, this vegan meal, and in order to make it, I got some vegan sausage, and I, I used Italian sausage. So it was it was a soy based sausage, delicious. And I took it out of the uh, the sausage skin, and it was crumbly, and I don't even remember what I made, but it was it was really good. So the next day, I had to go to the bathroom as one does after they eat something. And that you're not used to. Well, well, even if you eat, you know, you always go to the bathroom if you eat something, you know, even if you're used to it. Yeah, it's just how nature works. And I went in the bathroom at work, and this is when I worked at the uh, the truck place. When yeah. I was selling parts of the truck place. I went in the bathroom at work, and it smelled just like Italian sausage. That's funny. Exactly. I was like, oh my God. That so something almost either it didn't get digested. It didn't digest right? or something, yeah. It smelled exactly like this Italian sausage. So, you know, I left the bathroom. And the, of course, when you work with a bunch of guys, when one guy walks out of the bathroom, the next guy has to go in there immediately. Oh, yeah, know? dude. So he goes in. It's almost like we got a marker territory. Right. Like, this is my toilet. So, so the next guy goes in. Dude, and, I hate going to the bathroom at work. Yeah. Because I'm a lot shorter than a lot of the other guys. Yeah. And they got them... Them tall toilets. Oh, you do your feet? My hang? feet dangle, dude. So <laughs> it's, you know, that's great. I can't, I can't wipe. So <laughs> I will just go home. <laughs> well, so the guy that followed me in there, he comes out. He's got this really puzzled look on his face, and our desks were kind of not side by side, but they were they were next to you know near each other. Yeah, and he had this puzzled look on his face. And I didn't say anything, and then pretty soon he goes, "Hey, hey, Mikey." I go, "Yeah." He goes. What in the hell did you eat? <laughs> and I go, what? He goes, what the hell did you eat? I go, why? He goes, it, uh, it smells delicious in there. Oh, my God. And I said, it was this vegan Italian sausage. He goes, that's exactly what it smelled like. He goes, where did you get it? <laughs> so after smelling me. After smelling your shit. He wanted to eat whatever I ate because it smelled good. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had that experience in my life. Well, uh, yeah, I've had a lot of experiences in my life, and that was one of them. I mean, you know, taking a shit and what, or watch, having somebody take a shit before me and then wondering what they ate because it smells delicious. Because it smelled great, but it yeah. did. It smelled awesome. It was it was the most bizarre thing I've ever pooped out, I think. That, yeah, probably not. No, probably not. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, anything else we need to talk about <laughs> to follow that up? No. Okay, well, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> well, this is, our, this is our, our Valentine's Day episode. It is, and we struggled with what we were going to talk about, but we figured it out. We found some good stuff. Yeah. So, we wanted to talk about, you know, Valentine's Day. Love. And romance. Romance. And marriage. 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 Which brings us together so today. We marriage. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> and we're not. We're not even going to talk about that. No, we should have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just that's to, a great love story. Just to hear you do that, uh, marriage. That impression, the entire show would be great. And then we could do all the art, uh, under the giant rhyming. Yes. Anybody want a peanut? Yes. Well, speaking of Andre the Giant, no more rhyming. Now I mean it. That that there, there's a tie-in here. Um, I did that on purpose. When you think about public weddings, 
Weddings that were on TV. Of course, we know, like, Tiny Tim got married on television. Did he? He did. Uh, on The Tonight Show, I believe. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Um, and if you don't know who Tiny Tim is... Uh, he wasn't that tiny. Tiptoe through the tulips. Tiptoe through the tulips. Um, he also was in a, uh, a horror movie. Which one? I think it's called Blood Harvest. Was he singing? Um, I think he did sing. He played a, a, a murderous clown. Oh, that's awesome. It is, uh, it, it's a shitty movie. It's very disturbing. Um, Joe Bob played it, and his commentary on it was awesome. Every comment, Joe Bob's commentary is awesome no matter what. Yeah. Is he doing a Valentine's Day? He is. He is. is that, so he's probably doing it. It'll be it. Valentine's Day week, yeah. Yeah, so it'll be the, um, probably a Saturday. Yeah, I think it's on the Friday. So when this is released, it'll yeah. be that oh, evening. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm about to watch that. Um, so, not only did Tiny Tim get married on television, but the wrestler Gorgeous George got married on yes, television back in the 30s. Like, uh, 3089, I believe. Um, and my dumbass was like, they had TVs back in 39? Yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah, Gorgeous George sold more TVs than anyone because they wanted to see what he was doing. Yeah. Um, also because he was gorgeous. He was gorgeous. So, that got us to thinking. Gorgeous George was a wrestler. Wrestlers, wrestling is well known for their televised weddings. Yes, they are. So, damn it, that's what we're going to talk about. And the first one that we came across here that is of note is the butcher, Paul Vachon. Um, he got married to Ophelia on Tuesday Night Titans, December 18th, 1984. Um, and we just got done watching the video for this. Yes. This is, and it's amazing. It's an insane ceremony. Um, of course, they, they married in the ring. No audience members were uh, present. Just every heel every WWF had. Yes, every heel wrestler was and manager was in the audience. And Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon and Lord Alfred Hayes were commentating the yep. wedding. As Howard Finkel, the ring announcer, announced the bridal party. And, um, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> hilarity ensued. Yeah. Uh, as one would think it would. Um, so, uh, of course, Paul Vachon's brother, Mad Dog Vachon, was the best man. And the fabulous Moolah was the maid of honor. Uh, little person wrestler Diamond Lil was the flower girl, which Jesse the Body of Interest stole her flowers on the way down the yeah. room. And little person wrestler... And she yelled at him. And she yelled at him and... and uh, which prompted uh, Lou Albano to, to yell, just get in the ring, bitch. <laughs> and, oh, my God. Um, little person wrestler Sky Lolo was the ring bearer, which uh, Freddie Blassie stole the rings. And, and then he started checking to see if it was real. He wanted to check and see what the diamond looked like. Um, this wedding was a legitimate wedding because they got married in New Jersey and the New Jersey Athletic Commission would not allow them to fake a wedding. Oh, no shit. During that contest. So they had a real justice of the peace. His name was, I think, Mason Lipschitz. Um, he officiated the wedding. George Animal Steele gave the bride away. Yes, he did. And she had a green tongue. And she did. He, they showed that she had a green tongue, and uh, so prompting them to say that she was somehow related to George Animal Steele, which I don't believe she was. No. 
Um, but when you try to look her up, it doesn't pull her up because there's not much about her. There's really not much about this wedding. We found enough about this wedding to speak about it, but that's why we watched the video. Um, this video, this wedding was... We are going to post a video. Oh, my God. It was full of uh, all kinds of interruptions, all kinds of commentary from the the audience. Um, and then the reception. Well, before the reception, they, 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 they did their vows. They did their the wedding. And then um, Dr. D. David Schultz, for apparently no reason, comes in and body slams the groom. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then uh, the reception, they tried to cut the cake, and David Schultz again appeared to uh, berate the bride. Because she didn't want to eat cake. Because she didn't want to eat cake. And so he s- grabbed a uh, whipped cream pie and smashed it in her face. Which started the food fight. Yes, it did. And the food fight was epic. Um, of course, most of the people were throwing cream pies and spraying champagne and soda. Um, Even McMahon was spraying soda. Yes. Uh, Vince McMahon was spraying soda. He was covered in whipped cream. Everybody was covered in whipped cream. Um, everyone except um, Mad Dog Vachon. Everybody else is throwing food. Mad Dog Vachon was throwing tables and chairs. Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> And the entire time that this was going on, uh, they're like destroying this reception hall. The band was playing like polka music. Yeah. Uh, They lost all control. And you could tell nobody could keep a straight face. They were all just laughing their asses off during this. Uh, Kind of a fun segment, but completely insane. Every bit of it. So... Um, this would, uh, kind of set into motion a tradition. About once a decade. Yeah, of... Or give or take. Yeah, of these weddings. Now, uh, then the weddings would just be completely unhinged. Uh, so... It's like Vince found a great idea and just ran with it every few years. Ran it into the ground. Well, the next one was actually the very next year. Um... And oh, this is the one. This is the one that was that was not allowed to be faked. Uh, oh, okay. Because this is the one. This is the one that took place in New Jersey. Um, yeah, because the other one doesn't say it just took place on Tuesday Night Titans. Yeah, doesn't say where it was at. Um, so the next one was October third, nineteen eighty five, on Saturday night, Saturday night's main event. Um, Uncle Elmer married Joyce. And that's the only, that's the only uh, thing we got was was her name was Joyce. Yeah, I mean I can look um, it up, but let me see if I this can find one it. they got married in the ring. Uncle Elmer was Hillbilly Jim's uncle in storyline. Uh, there was a Hillbilly family, so there was cousin Luke and cousin Junior as well, and uh, they got married on television, and this was in front of an auditorium full of people. Uh Jesse Ventura and Vince McMahon were on commentary, and uh, this uh, this prompted um, Jesse Ventura to state <laughs> that when they were they were doing their their uh, "You May Kiss the Bride" segment, yeah, um, he he said that they looked like two carp going for the same piece of corn in the Missouri River. That's awesome. Uh, this wedding, of course, was interrupted 
by... Might have been Joyce Grable. No, it was not Joyce Grable. Okay. No. Um, Joyce Grable is a, a woman's wrestler. This was this lady had nothing to do with wrestling at all. Oh, no shit. Yeah, she was the, the real-life girlfriend of Stan Frazier. Okay. Uncle Elmer. Um, the, uh, the wedding was interrupted. Hulk Hogan was, was uh, one of the... Uh, I think he was the best man. Um... I think the British Bulldogs were somehow involved. But um, Rowdy Roddy Piper made his way to the ring and he uh, interrupted the wedding when they said, does anybody object? Piper comes down to the ring and says, I object, I object, you stink, your whole damn family stinks, this whole wedding stinks. And which led to Hulk Hogan and I believe the British Bulldogs, maybe the Junkyard Dog, chasing him off. Um, The wedding occurred but okay at the good picture of him right there yeah happy couple um at the uh reception piper jesus christ he's a big boy yeah he was a big dude dude look at him next to lawler yeah he uh, uncle elmer was a big big guy Um, He's, he's like the size of i'd say the big show not quite as tall but he was huge he's like big john stud tall yes so at the reception, Piper once again. Well, shit, he's the same height as Hillbilly Jim. Yeah, they're they're big guys. Oh my god, I didn't realize he was that tall. Um, Piper once again, uh, for some reason, was invited to the wedding reception. Uh, I'm not sure why. Uh, same reason why. Why would you invite the guy that body slammed the groom to the wedding reception? But he was there. Yeah. Um, so Piper uh, intervened and uh, maybe the, he was the pre-band entertainment. He might have been. He uh, he he said more disparaging remarks about the bride and groom, and in the in the Piper fashion. In the Piper fashion, um, Jesse Ventura stood up and read a poem about uh, how stupid they were and how he hates weddings. <laughs> the and last one he went to, he got a pie in the face. Well, this one, the same shit happened. They had a food fight. Oh my god! And. Uh, it, it 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 ended. It was a almost a direct replay of uh, the Paul Vachon wedding. See, we've got to start attaching videos to our links. Yeah, it, this was just it was it was bad. <laughs> it was horrible. Um, you know what we should do? Get that, that promoter to attach these things to our links. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do that. The guy that tried to make us give him some money. Yeah, that was something. Yeah, we, we got contacted. A guy wanted to uh, promote our podcast, and everything was going just fine until I mentioned, that's great, you're going to do this for free. He's like, oh, no, I don't work for free. And I'm like, well, we don't need you. <laughs> yeah. We didn't ask you to, to contact us. And then we started, then what, then, because I was, I think I had my hands full that day. Yeah, you were like, will you take care of this guy? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And would you start talking about weasels? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, started, I started talking about weasels as a damn, as goddamn weasels and. Uh, all kinds of shit. I, I, I got him to quit talking. I think he might have blocked us, actually. Um, I hope he still listens. <laughs> yeah, if you're, if, you're, if you're still out there listening, I, we really appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate the offer, too. But Yeah, but we don't need... I mean, we're not going to pay somebody to do something... We can do we can, for free. Yeah, because he's just going to talk about it on Facebook. That's all he's going to do. But, so, they uh, they waited a while <laughs> before they did another wedding. And the... The next wedding we're going to talk about more in depth um, in the second half, so we'll skip that one. But we're going to talk about the mini weddings 
of Stephanie McMahon. Because Stephanie McMahon's been married more times on wrestling than anybody else. Oh, yeah. She she holds the record. Um, I wonder so, if that'll get in the Hall of Fame. It, she holds the record for... Yeah, the most weddings in wrestling history. So, let's... Uh, Let's dive into this because um this this is something. It's a three-parter. Uh at least. So, during the Attitude Era, um this took place, let me get the date real quick. This took place on uh, WWE Raw, April 26, 1999. Yes. Um and what had happened is So, there was a little storyline going on where the Undertaker had the Ministry of Darkness, and it was a stable of wrestlers with very dark characters. So you had Midian, you had the Acolytes, you had Gangrel, um, you had uh, Viscera, Ed, Edge and Christian Viscera. Um, Big Boss Man was a part of this eventually. Well, that was, that was with the corporate, the corporate ministry. Yeah. So this was this is prior to that. Um, they, uh, kid- I forgot Edge and Gangrel part of that. Yeah, the Brood. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Undertaker had abducted, kidnapped Stephanie McMahon. And uh, that was at Backlash. And so they were searching for her because, uh, you know, McMahon wanted his daughter back. And so. Where's she at, damn it? Yeah. <laughs> so. You son of a bitch! McMahon offered to exchange ownership of the WWF in, for the safe return of Stephanie. You should have taken that deal. So they went to do the exchange, and Undertaker never showed up. And what happened was he showed up on Raw with Stephanie strapped to what what was called a symbol. It was like t- the Taker cross. Yes, it was a it was it was a symbol. Now they they were very adamant that it was not a cross, but she's strapped to this symbol, and all of the uh, ministry is carrying her out, and, um. Yeah, this did not go over well. Um, a lot of people complained that she was strapped to this thing, um, and Paul Bearer, Undertaker's manager orchestrated a what they called an unholy union oh yeah the unholy wedding that would marry stephanie mcmahon who was young she's probably maybe early 20s about this time yeah maybe yeah uh, this is undertaker with a goatee and he didn't have them paired yeah um so they they were going to join them in in marriage and this uh the wedding was was pretty much almost done when uh a couple of wrestlers came down to intervene. Ken Shamrock and the Big Show. They came down to intervene, and the ministry knocked the shit out of them and continued to beat them down and tried to hurry up and finish the wedding. The Undertaker got all the way up to saying, I do. And it was extremely creepy. Like, I do. And then, just before he could kiss the bride to seal the deal... The glass breaks and Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out. And he, where the uh, Big Show and Ken Shamrock, which Big Show, the largest professional athlete in the world, and Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man. Couldn't handle him. Couldn't handle him. Stone Cold Steve Austin beat everybody up, ran off The Undertaker, and uh, saved Stephanie McMahon. 
This is when this is when Austin was turning heel, wasn't it? He's becoming part of the corporation. No, no, no. He 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 never did. He he was against the corporation, so he was a, a face. Okay, okay. Yeah, this is his big big face uh, run. Um, so yeah, there was a uh, an unholy union of Stephanie McMahon and the Undertaker. Um, but it was it was he, Steve Austin saved the day, right? Yeah, and he didn't even like them. But he did it because it was the right thing to do. He didn't like Vince McMahon, but it was the right thing to do, so he did it. Well, months later. <laughs> You're talking November. Yeah, months November, later. November 29th of 1999. Um, on, again, Raw, Monday Night Raw. <laughs> um, so, well, here's what happened. this is hard to talk about with a straight face Um, my face is not straight it's awfully crooked yes so (sighs) Stephanie was dating Test Stephanie was dating Test apparently in real life they dated for a period of time Um, yeah Um, so they had found themselves in love and the uh, the family Test really screwed that one up didn't he yeah he did the, the family um, really did not approve of this this uh, this dating situation. Uh, even so much so as her older brother, Shane McMahon, decided that they would have a, a match. Test versus Shane McMahon in a love her or leave her match at SummerSlam 99. I remember this. So if Shane won, Test would have to break up with Stephanie. If Test won... Shane would have to give his blessing for the relationship to continue. Well, Test won, and on the very first episode ever of SmackDown, he proposed. On The Rock's show? On The Rock's show, he proposed. And they set the wedding to be later that year, on November 29th. Uh, Even having a big bachelorette party for Stephanie McMahon where Mae Young got hammered. She got so drunk and was very inappropriate. That's when they were having Mae Young, who was like... 85 in her, Yeah, in her 80s, be a, a, a whiskey-swilling drunk um, that constantly was, uh, was spouting sexual innuendos. And we're going to talk more about that in just a little while. <laughs> but they did Mae Young wrong. Uh, but I think but I don't it know was, was funnier having, than shit. Yeah, I think she was having a blast with it. Yeah. Um, so they had their bachelorette party in Vegas, and Stephanie was doing shots. There was a male stripper there. Um, so the wedding day approaches, and it's supposed to be a very classy ceremony, right? Yep. Um, Stephanie. Comes out to the the ring, and oh, Tess Vin, Vince did say as a precaution that if any member or if Triple H or any member of DX ruined the ceremony, they would be fired. Yes, because they're fully behind this wedding now. Yep. So, uh, the original plan was something else, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But Tess is, is there in the ring waiting for his bride. She makes her way out to the ring, and. Uh, they are 
proceeding with the uh, the relationship. Now, uh, you can see Shane McMahon was standing up as a best man. Um, other members of the wrestling family are, you know, the you know the the, the wrestling superstars are, are in the ring, and all of a sudden, who shows up? But Triple H. Yep. And Triple H informs him that I believe the the male stripper was one of his friends, and he has drugged the drink that Oops. Stephanie McMahon had had. So she's unconscious, and somehow she ends up in the passenger seat of Triple H's car in Vegas. And they go through the drive-through wedding. The drive-through chapel. wedding chapel. Yeah, I actually uh, visited that wedding chapel when I was in Vegas last time. Oh no shit! Yeah, I walked by. Uh, I believe Elvis was married there um, once, or something. Who's um, Elvis? Presley. Oh, the actual, the original Elvis. Yeah, not Costello. Um, I was just talking about maybe an impersonator or something. No, no, no. Uh, but they went to the the could little white. Bruce, could have been Bruce Campbell. It could have been. I love that movie. So uh, Bubba Hotep. We got to talk about that movie. Bubba Hotep. Was we just got to do a Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell episode. Yeah. Bruce Campbell anthology. So um, they went through the drive through wedding chapel. Bruce and, Campbell. And uh, an unconscious Stephanie McMahon was allowed to marry Triple H. Because he's, he's like, he's like, do you, Steph? He's like, yeah, if I do. Yeah, he like did the ventriloquist act. And she's clearly passed, passed out. out. And so... Uh, the wedding ended with Stephanie McMahon in tears, um, screaming at uh, at Triple H, saying that she hates him. Triple H calls Vince McMahon Dad. Thanks, Dad. And then he says, the question was not if they consummated the marriage, but how many times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's not cool. He, you oh, know, my God. He... Took advantage of an unconscious woman. That's not yeah, cool. Yeah, that shit doesn't fly today. That, that shit didn't fly back then. So, no, actually it didn't, did it? No. No, no it, it wasn't cool back then either. Um, it was never cool. Well, that leads us to, uh, you know, her third wedding, which took place that same day, actually. <laughs> yeah. Where um, they uh, decided that at the next pay-per-view... Vince McMahon would fight Triple H in a street fight oh where if God, Vince yeah. won, the marriage would be annulled. Well, during that match, Stephanie McMahon decided she was going to turn against her father and align herself with Triple H, her husband, becoming Stephanie McMahon Helmsley, foreshadowing two years later when they actually had a relationship and did get married. Yeah. I thought um, they were I thought they were actually I thought they actually had a relationship then. No, I know she was dating Test, I believe, and then they split up and because her and Triple H had worked together cuz Triple H was dating China at the time. That's right. Um because yeah, China was still part of DX. Yes. So because of of this storyline, they got married in real life years later. Um and he's running the company. Yes, so obviously that worked out well for him. Yeah, you know what? I don't know if that was actually his intentional plan or his initial plan. No, I you know I doubt it, but it it worked out. It well. worked out well because the way the the way the company's going now is a lot better than it has been in a long time. Yeah, 
so Stephanie McMahon in 1999 had three weddings. Three. And only one that actually was actually finished. And only it, it turned into a real real marriage uh, eventually. But so what was supposed to happen at this test Stephanie wedding? Um, you, got, you got backstage? I got, the, I got the backstage dirt here. Okay. So what was supposed to happen was they were supposed to have the lover or leave her match with Shane McMahon, test one. Yep. Which led to an engagement between him and Stephanie. So would that be test positive? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he tested positive. Um, so what was supposed to happen is uh, the, the British Bulldog in, in a scuffle hit, this did happen, hit Stephanie McMahon in the head with a trash can. And she had amnesia. So she didn't know if she was going to follow through with the wedding because she didn't know who Test was. Oh, that's right. That's okay. right. Um, but she eventually regained her memory and said, yes, she wanted to follow through with the wedding. So here's where things kind of change. It I wasn't man of a sound mind. Yes, I do love this man of mine. Well, it wasn't supposed to be that... Uh, Triple H uh, drugged her and married her. What was supposed to happen is Tess was supposed to stand her up at the altar, revealing that he has aligned with Triple H. Oh, no shit. Yes, he was supposed to turn heel. So that's what was supposed to happen. Um, and then Tess was going to feud with Shane and the whole family again because he stood her up. Yeah. Well, they changed it and... That's what happened. They okay. changed, so they changed like last minute. Yeah, they changed it, and that's what happened. Well, I've heard that about Vince. Like he'll change it, like the day of the show, or as the show's going on. Yeah, we're gonna, you know, get out there, damn it, we're yeah. gonna do this right now. We're doing this now. He calls stuff on the fly. Well, Tess did actually turn heel the next year, and ended up in the corporate ministry. Yeah, with his former fiancé, and the guy who drugged her and stole her from him. This was short-haired test. Yeah. Yep. Um, now, the storyline goes on uh, years later when Triple H and Steph actually did get married. Stephanie got pregnant. Yep. And Vince wanted to work it into a storyline. This is where you're going to say, what the fuck? So... <laughs> I remember this shit. What Vince wanted to do, first off, he wanted to claim that he was the father of this child. Vince McMahon, her dad. What the fuck? <laughs> I told you. Oh my God, dude, I don't remember hearing about that. Stephanie said, absolutely not. And he goes, well, what about your brother then? <laughs> and she said, no. Then... McMahon was like, all right, all right. Well, can we have cameras in the delivery room? <laughs> and he wanted to do a pay-per-view of her giving birth. And oh, she said, oh, my God. Fuck, no, we're not doing that shit. Oh, my God. Can you hear Linda just going, Vince, what the fuck is wrong with you? What are you thinking? This is this is about the time he was probably starting to get his losing his mind. Maybe uh, you think? Jesus Christ. Um, But, yeah, that. <laughs> Come on, it'll sell, damn it. Yeah, that'll put asses in the seats. Um, yeah, so... I got a good Vincent McMahon impression. You do. 
Um, so nothing about this entire fucking angle sounds oh. like a great idea. We're going to strap her to a cross and forcibly have her marry the most evil man in the company. Okay, <laughs> well, then we break that up, and then she's going to marry the guy she's actually dating. Because I, 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 I'm sure that they were actually dating. I, yeah, they were. And I thought she cheated on him with, with, with Hunter. No, she was drugged and forced no, to I'm marry. like in real life. Oh, in real life. No, no, no. Um, then she was drugged and forcibly married to... The biggest asshole. The biggest the asshole in the company. Um, but then aligns with him. And then McMahon wants to run this weird, I'm my grandchild's father angle. And then, no. <laughs> well, then she wanted he wanted to run the... Well, I mean, no, it wasn't from me. from Connecticut, not Kentucky. <laughs> right. Sorry, uh, people in Kentucky, but... you. Yeah. You know what's going on. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, nothing about this entire angle sounds That's like the movie great. The Stupids. He must have watched that. Yeah, yeah, no shit. I'm my own grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's all that. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. So, then, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Oh. From that, we need a little breather. Oh, fuck, dude. That's... So we'll switch to um, WCW. WCW had their uh, wedding angle, and that was Stacy Keebler and David Flair and David Flair, Ric Flair's uh, son. I think it's his oldest son, isn't it? Uh, um, yeah, yeah, he's the oldest son. Um, so this is before he went all gothic, and this is right. This is right before that. This is right before that because he started. Didn't he start hanging out with Raven? Uh, no. So, okay, what, what... Oh, no, no, he had that... What's her name? Daphne. Yeah, she just passed away, didn't she? Uh, yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, so, Stacey Keebler and, and David Flair were, in real life, a couple. They were dating. So they decided that they wanted to put them on screen and be a couple on screen. So, he was... Hold on, let me say something real quick. Yeah. We've got old school wrestling in the background just playing here. This match has been on for about twenty minutes. Yes, and it, I think I, I mean I think this was like the first match when I started playing this video. I think so. Um, it, we have uh, the Natural Butch Reed and uh, One Man Gang uh, versus George Animal Steel and uh, Don the Rock Morocco. Yep, and it's yeah. This has been the longest tag team oh my match God, in the history. Dude, I was like, of, Jesus Christ, is this yeah. the same match or is just they're just continuing to feud? I, Every time I looked up, it was just, I was looking the same for the same yeah. yeah, same damn match. Um, so, they wanted to play up this real-life romance, so they, they dated on screen for a while. They had Daphne was kind of stalking David Flair yep. during this, um, and David Flair was entertaining her advances while dating... Stacy. Stacy. What? She's an idiot. So. Stacy Keebler was amazing. <laughs> Stacy Keebler told David Flair that she was pregnant and that they needed to get married. And this is when she was a uh, Nitro Girl, right? Uh, she was never a Nitro Girl. She was Miss Hancock. That's right. And she was like a personal assistant and she would come out and dance on the commentator's table and stuff and strip. She would wear glasses. And she had glasses. Um, but then Who's they assistant was she? I don't know. I don't remember. Um, but then 
she was to marry David Flair, and they, she was with child. And so, during the wedding, during the, during the wedding, <laughs> some of the shit, it's just like, oh, God. During the wedding, she stops the wedding herself. Yep. I to inform that. David Flair that he was not the father of her baby. It's like an episode of Maury. So they, David Flair was trying to find out who the real father was. Um, he claimed that it was Buff Bagwell. Well, and, he was Buff. And he was the stuff. And the ladies just couldn't get enough. No. Um, Buff Bagwell was not, in fact, the father. Um, and the storyline was dropped. Yeah, they just never found out who they the father was. They never found out who the father was. But there was an idea. Of who the father would be. Who? One guess. Who would... In wrestling, who would the father be? Ric Flair. Ric motherfucking Flair was supposed to be the father of that child. See, that is actually believable. (laughs) Yes, it is. Because Buff had so much juice in his system, that dude probably couldn't get anybody pregnant. (laughs) Um, in, In real life, David Flair and Stacey Keebler did break up. Um... Well, yeah, because she had somebody else's baby. Well, no. She says that in real life they broke up because David was more serious about the relationship than she was. She wanted to have fun. Because this is like 19-year-old Stacy Keebler. Yes. And this is like 25-year-old David Flair. Yes. Um, but, yeah, the idea was that uh, Ric Flair was going to be the father of his son's girlfriend's kid. See, that would have been a great angle. Um, would it? <laughs> it would have been a great angle, dude. Because, they, well, they tried doing it on WWF. Years later. Yeah, or WWE years later. This is just within the last couple years. Yeah. With, and that storyline got dropped real quick because Flair got in trouble with some other shit. Well, that. And the the, the more recent angle was um, with uh, Lacey Evans. Yeah. And, and I like her new persona now. She, was, she had taken up with Ric Flair. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, this match is finally over. Charlotte Flair was against that. Yep. But then it was revealed that she was pregnant with Ric Flair's child. And the part of the reason it was dropped is because Ric Flair got in a little trouble. But also, she got pregnant in real life. Yeah, because she was gone for a while. Yeah. So, she was gone for about a, like almost two years. Yeah. So... I mean, real life and these wrestling storylines crisscross so much, and things just get so convoluted in everybody's life. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely insane. So there's there's that one. That's WCW's. I believe their only contribution to this list. Yeah. Um, this next one. This next one is so awesome. These get. These guys had, like, the ultimate bromance. They did. This is Chuck Palumbo and Billy Gunn. Billy Ass. Billy Ass, the father of the Ass Boys. Um, I think this is kind of like the, the end of his career in WWE. Well, yeah, it was. Uh, and this storyline, amazing. They did a great job with this storyline. And it didn't get broken up. Uh, yes, it did. Did it? Yes, this wedding got broken up. So, oh, yeah, Chuck Palumbo okay, and Billy Ass, um, they teamed up and 
basically it started out like you said as a as a bromance they were they were the best of friends um until uh one decided to tell the other that he had developed feelings and they reciprocated i don't remember i think it was chuck told billy that you know he he knows that they've been growing closer and that he had feelings for him uh they also had their stylist uh rico was involved in this yep um, That's because they had the greatest hair, too. Yes. So, uh, they had a storyline where they were a same-sex couple. And they exchanged matching headbands. They wore matching tights. And eventually, one proposed to the other. And they were to be married. On television. <laughs> you had to get it in again. I did. So, September 12th, 2002... On Friday Night Smackdown. And this is after DX had split up. Way after. Um, so this this wedding got major mainstream coverage. It was on mainstream yeah. news that, that these two men were going to have the first ever same-sex union on television. So... Um, this went so far that Pottery Barn sent them a uh, a gift. They sent them a, a piece of pottery. They knew before they knew this was all before they knew it was bullshit. Yeah, they they said they they said that they were very happy to see um, the WWE being so uh, pro. Uh, LGBTQ, they were very, very excited about this this storyline marriage, but they treated it as if it was real because everybody was treating it as if it was real. Yeah. They sent a piece of pottery as a wedding gift. Now, just recently... Yeah, pottery marge got some nice stuff, though. Yeah, oh yeah. Within the last, I would say, five months, Yeah. Billy Gunn did a live virtual signing like a lot of wrestlers are doing these days and they had where you could you could ask questions i asked who kept the pottery barn gift <laughs> and if they were allowed to keep it and who kept it and billy ass cracked up he just he started laughing his ass off right and oh my god dude only you would ask that he, question he cracked up and he said I have it around here somewhere. <laughs> he said, I kept it. It's, it's at my house. I have it somewhere. Oh, my God, dude. He, you know, he fucking went home and looked for that thing. Yeah. So, But he was laughing his ass off. He thought it was great. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. So, uh, he looks like one of those guys. You'd think he'd be a fucking asshole. He is one of the nicest guys, yeah. from what I understand. Um, it's guys like Hogan who are the fucking pricks. Yeah. They, they always say um, that the, the bad guys... Are the nicest guys, mm -hmm. and the good guys are just full of themselves and assholes. I mean, look, look at look at DiBiase, super nice guy. Yeah, and one of the biggest heels. Yeah, biggest heel ever. ever. Yeah. So in this storyline, um, these guys were tag team champions at the time as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's why they started. I think that's why they wanted to do this because they had the belts. And they yes. Wanted to, they wanted to make everything official. So, um, Chuck proposed to Billy. And the ceremony took place on SmackDown. During the ceremony, 
Um, it was performed by a rickety old man. It was performed by... There was a very, very old man in the ring as the minister. And he was just creepy as shit. And then during the ceremony when they said, does anybody object? The two guys said, whoa, 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 whoa. This was a publicity stunt. This is not real. This is a storyline. This is not happening. Just breaking kayfabe. They, they completely broke kayfabe. They broke the storyline. And at that time, this rickety old man minister started picking at his face. And he peeled the amazing makeup off that they did. You know, it took him a while to do this. Yes. And it was revealed that that was Eric Bischoff. Um, Eric Bischoff was in storyline running SmackDown, I believe. I think he was the general manager of SmackDown at the time. Um, I have heard people talk about this, and uh, Billy Gunn actually talked about this. He said no one knew. Who the minister was? Who the minister was. They did not know that it was Eric Bischoff. No, no shit. They kept it a secret the entire time. Oh, my God. So, at that time... um, uh, Bischoff, Bischoff was not the general manager. Stephanie McMahon was the general manager at the time. Okay. Um, but Bischoff was, was an official of some sort. He uh, Was he the general manager of Raw at that time? He might have been. But he had disguised himself as the priest. And then he brought in a uh, three-minute warning, which were two giant Samoans. That Bad boys. They would come in and they would say, is it, uh, you know, th- this, this marriage was three minutes from... From being done, the minister said this. Yeah. This mar- if you just give me three minutes more, and that was always the key that three minute warning was going to hit. And he goes, "Wait a minute, did I just say three minutes?" And it was Bischoff's voice. And then he started picking his face off. And these two Samoans hit the ring, beat the shit out of everyone. These two Samoans, three minute warning. Rosie and Jamal. Yep. Rosie went on to be. Rosie, the superhero in training, the SHIT, the shit. Yeah. And was teamed with the Hurricane. Jamal became Umaga. That's right. Later in in this uh, this thing. He passed away. Uh, they, they both have passed away. Oh, really? Yes. Rosie passed away too? Yes. Um, so then Rico left Billy and Chuck and started managing Three Minute Warning. Um, and the gimmick was dropped. The, the partnership was dropped. The tag team was broken up. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was one of the probably most highly publicized yeah. uh, wrestling weddings ever. Because, like I said, it got mainstream coverage. It didn't get, wrestling didn't get mainstream coverage back then. Never. Uh, and, and so, Not like they do now. So much so that the fucking Pottery Barn sent them a gift. That is insane. And... Because of dropping it, they went from being so beloved for embracing same-sex unions yeah. to being hated because they made a joke out of it, which I can see. Yeah, I can see that. I can absolutely see the the the, the reason that they got so much hate. I mean, if they would have um, done, if they could, they could have done it differently. They could have just stopped the wedding and said, "You know what? I can't do this. I'm yeah. not in love with you." Yes. But they, they, they really went overboard with But again, with that's, it. that's Vince. That's Vince going overboard with everything he ever does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably the most highly publicized wrestling wedding ever. And I can remember this just going, holy shit. That, 
it was well done. That was one time where they fooled everybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that could have been part of Eric Bischoff's writing, too. It could have. It could have been Vince Russo. I don't know if he was around during that time. but that's... No, this is after WCW. Okay, yeah, so he so, wasn't around. So, Russo was, is terrible at everything he does. So the... Uh, well, at least now. The Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation was actually helping with the storyline. They helped secure mainstream media coverage. Really? And so they knew it was all a ploy, too, though. They, they, no. Oh, shit. Because WWE reached out to them to get help and say, look, this is what we're doing. Will you help us get the media coverage? Yeah. And they, they absolutely joined in oh, you to know, help. People were fucking mad then. And so afterwards, uh, Glad, you know, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, denounced WWE for securing their assistance under false pretenses. They made a statement. They said, WWE lied to us two months ago when they promised that Billy and Chuck would wed on air. And they... They, they fucked up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they fucked up. So, yeah. The, the, the performers said they really have no regrets. They said that it was their job to perform the gimmick that was presented to them. And that uh, Billy said he would do it again if he was asked. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Um, Chuck Palumbo also said he had no problem with the gimmick. Um, and no one else really did except for Glad. Um he, the, the reason that Chuck had issue with it is because he had a six-year-old daughter at the time. And she was very confused with what, with what was going on. Chuck's daughter? Yes. Um, and Billy Gunn's sons, uh, Colton and Austin, the ass boys. Yeah. They also were young. And they... Yes, they had to have been like... They were confused. ten? Yeah, they were confused about the gimmick as well. So... You know, when it involves, it, when it blurs the line that much, um, and there's kids involved, you know, that that's one thing that I, I don't really agree with. But then making a joke out of something that was very serious to a lot of people yeah. that were fighting for, you know, just that, they, they wanted to have that in their lives. They wanted to be married to the person that they loved. And in some cases, we're not allowed to by law. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it really made a, a joke out of what they held, you know, so seriously. So yeah, probably not the best idea. Um, you know, it, just another case where wrestling and, and WWF, WWE in general, very insensitive and. Back then, kind of know, fucked up, you know. They, yeah, you know, 20, 20 plus years ago, yeah, yeah. So um, I mean, now, now they're more open to a lot of different things. Yeah, and you, I don't think you would see a storyline like this now. Not even close. Um, no. So, well, I know. I remember what was it that French Canadian wrestler who came out with a poodle, Rene Dupree. Rene Dupree. He was openly gay, mm-hmm. and I think he. Didn't he, I don't know, he got fired or quit because guys weren't comfortable with him in the... No, that's... He quit because in storyline they wanted him to wrestle with a hard-on. Oh, yeah. And he was like, fuck you guys, I'm not doing this. So, um, yeah. So that he, he was... Unless, he, unless, somebody, he was unless it was somebody bashing him. 
And, and that that could be the case, but you know, anymore. But that dude was a good wrestler. Yeah, he had a lot of talent. I, anymore, um, not a big deal. No, and it never should have been a big deal, you know. And you know, that's kind of you know, if we take anything away from this, let people love who they want to love. Yeah, that you know, that's we've said that for a long we've time. We've always said that. So in no way are we, you know, siding with the WWE here. It was storytelling that went too far. That's exactly what it was. So which that happens a lot in the wrestling business. Well, with WWE, with WWE, it definitely does. Um, so uh, moving along to the next disaster of a wedding. <laughs> this is a January second, two thousand and three. This is their New Year's Day or New Year's. Yeah, the, the, the first the F- first first television that they did of the of the New Year in two thousand and three on SmackDown. Al Wilson and Don Marie got married. And this is Tori Wilson's father. Tori Wilson's real life father. Um, so a little background on this: Don Marie, she debuted in ECW as Lance Storm's valet. Yep. Um, I think they were actually married, weren't they? Or they I don't. Dating? I don't think so. That's a, he's another tal- very talented wrestler. Yeah, that uh, never really. I mean, he got over, but never really did what. Well, it's because he he was that hated Canadian, and he was very serious. Yeah, but he was a great wrestler. But I think he's backstage for AEW now. I think so. Um, he runs a tra- he did run a training school. Turned out some great wrestlers because yeah, he went to Stu Hart's dungeon, didn't he? I don't know. I, I maybe. Um, I know that he tag teamed with uh, Chris Jericho. Every Canadian wrestler has went to Stewart's dungeon. Uh, pr- probably, <laughs> probably. Um, but yeah, he, he he teamed with Jericho uh, in the very beginning, and ECW teamed with Just Incredible. Yep. And that's where Don Marie came in, and that's how. And so mainly her role there was cat fights. That's all they did yeah. was cat fights. She was something nice to look at. Yeah, that's uh, that's all it was. So. Vince McMahon, once once she came to WWE, Vince McMahon decided... He's like, when was our last wedding? They're going to do a wedding. When's our last wedding, damn it? So... Last year, that's too long. Let's do another one. He partnered her up with Al Wilson, who is Tori Wilson's real-life dad. I don't know how he got involved into the show, but... Um, and... Again, they should have used Ric Flair. So there was... Uh, Tori, obviously, was against this marriage. So... I'm against it. Tori's a Gannett, and by God, God's a Gannett. <laughs> so, <laughs> what happened was there was a series of matches that uh, tore between Tori and Don Marie, where if Don Marie won, she got to marry Al Wilson, who she was seducing uh, throughout the the course the of a few, a few months of the storyline. Um, but then Don. Marie started making advances against Tori Wilson and playing that up a little bit. So it got a little fucking weird again. But eventually, they decided that uh, they're going to get married. No matter what Tori says, they're going to get married. So This is terrible writing. They had a wedding on SmackDown, and Don Marie decided she wanted to start the... uh, Honeymoon a little early, and that perhaps they should get married in their underwear. So she takes her dress off, and she's in lingerie. Al Wilson 
takes his suit off, and he's standing there in his boxer shorts. And this guy's like in his 60s. Yes. Maybe 50s. So, they had a honeymoon. And they showed parts of the honeymoon segment where Al Wilson is in bed exhausted. Um, He is in the shower exhausted. And Don Marie is asking him to come back to bed for one more round. And Al Wilson has a heart attack in storyline. Yeah, and dies. And he dies. So, in the aftermath of this, after he has passed away in storyline, because he did not pass away until years later, actually passed away the week that Tori Wilson was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh, no shit. Yes, and she spoke about it so during her what, speech. Two years ago. Just, yeah, just... Or last not, year. Not, yeah, it was, it was a few years ago, but... Um, in the aftermath, Tori Wilson and Don Marie fought at the Royal Rumble, January 19th, 2003, in a stepmother versus stepdaughter match. Oh, my God. Tori won this match, but they kept the storyline going for almost over, over... A year after this. The storyline continued until May of 2004. You know, it's, it's still not as bad as a storyline as Dominic Mysterio. Um, I I don't know. I like it. So, I, I like what they're doing, Dominic. But it still sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, following his death on the honeymoon, Al Wilson was taken off of TV because he's... Dead. Dead. <laughs> and, um, that's not... I wonder if he was, I wonder if he was St- uh, Stacy's manager. So... It could have been. Th- well, here's the original storyline that did not happen. Okay. WWE, uh, former WWE writer Dave Lagana said in 2017, what was supposed to happen is, Al Wilson was supposed to have faked his own death in order to get an apology from his daughter, um, what was going to happen is he was going to walk out during his funeral, reveal that he had faked his own death. Oh, my God. Then, as he is leaving the funeral home, he was supposed to have been hit by a bus. (laughs) Oh, my God. Which would have Uh. killed him. That's almost as bad as when McMahon's limo blew up. That was supposed to be his storyline to end the McMahon, yeah. Mr. McMahon character. But Eddie Guerrero died at the same time, so they let that go. Uh, no. No, no, that was... Chris Benoit. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that ended that real quick. So, yeah, Al Wilson and Don Marie married in their underwear. Oh, my, I remember that. Oh, my God. And he, I don't know which story would have been better. Him... Dying from having too much sex on their honeymoon? Or getting hit by a fucking bus at his own funeral? Dude. <sighs> you can see that these... What? Having sex on your honeymoon while getting hit by a bus? Sure. <laughs> or on the bus. <laughs> having sex, having on, sex a on a bus and then falling out the door and getting <laughs> run over? Oh, yeah, no. So no, we don't condone any of that. To, <laughs> to wrap up our wedding talk here, we're going to talk about 
this string of weddings, which happens just on the edge of what we consider to be our timeline. This is going to go over by a couple years, but it's worth talking about. Eh, just a year. Because I was present during some of this because it happened in Omaha. And then we're going to talk about the greatest love story ever in WWE. And then we're going to talk about the actual greatest love story ever in our second half. Yes. So, this involves... Um, we we got to tell a lot of story about this. This involves Lita. Amy Dumas, very, very nice lady. I have talked to her on several occasions. Very nice lady. I, I don't, you know what? I think she's been in as many weddings as Stephanie has. Um, almost. Almost. Um, funny story about Lita when I met her the first time. So, she was at a local comic convention here in town. I was very, oh, yeah, very yeah. excited. I know this story. I was extremely excited to meet her. He was extremely and excited. So I arrived at the comic convention and made a beeline to go meet her. And I... I was it the Comic Con or was it the car show? It was No, it was O-Comic o- o- comic Con. Okay. Um, so I made a beeline to go meet her. And I talked to her for quite some time. She did not have a lot of people in her line. I talked to her for quite some time. Actually got her to record some things for our TV show that we do here in town. Yeah. And uh, to promote that and promote our website and all that. And she graciously did that. Uh, It took her about 10 takes to get it right. Uh, And I have all of her bloopers saved. Because they're just amazing. But she was so great. And I talked to her. I filmed all this stuff. I got an autograph from her. I took a picture with her. We talked about storylines, and she's a big animal advocate, and she rescues animals, and we talked about dogs. She had her dog with her. I petted her dog. All of this. What kind of dog was it? Uh, a little, just like a little uh, Yorkie or something. Okay. A little, 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 little floppy-looking dog. But, I, you know, I had a great interaction with her. I turned around, and across the aisle, I see our friend Billy Peck. Who Billy Peck uh, now works for the uh, the major uh, major figure of podcast with uh, with uh, Matt Cardona and Brian Meyer. Oh, nice! Yeah, he does a lot of work with uh, with the major wrestling organization. Um, so he's also part of. Um, well, he's he's a ring announcer for PWP. Yep. Where I I do uh, commentary. He's and part of our podcast group. He's part of our uh, Electronic Media Collective podcast group uh, with Zubilee Zoo. Yeah. So, you guys are familiar, you hear Billy, Billy Peck's voice on every episode we do. So, I turn around, he's sitting at a table. Is that really Billy's voice? On the Zoobly Zoo? Oh, yeah, yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I was just thinking the electronic media promotion. No, 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 no. It's, I was like, that sounds nothing like Billy, that's really good. No. <laughs> so, I turn around, and there sits Billy with an artist friend of ours, and uh, I walked over and... Billy was like, wow, you were over there for quite a while. I'm like, yeah, man. He goes, how was it? I said, oh, it was awesome. He goes, pretty excited to meet her. I go, yeah, yeah, it was great. Anything weird happen? Or I go, no, it was really cool. I said, you know, she filmed some stuff for the the TV show and website. And and we talked about wrestling. I I petted her dog and this and that. And he goes, hmm, so nothing odd, nothing. (laughs) I said, no. And he goes, hmm, your zipper's down. (laughs) I looked down. My zipper was not only just unzipped, but my zipper was wide agape. And there I was, 
talking to Lita with my little Hardy boy hanging out. <laughs> Luckily, I was wearing underwear that day. Oh my god, dude, that's amazing. I know I've heard the story before, but it's still funny. So, yeah, that happened. Um, so let's talk about Lita's romance, both real life and storyline. So here's what happened. Lita was dating Matt Hardy in real life. They began dating in 1999. By 2004, they were having some rough times. Uh, life on the road, yep. kind of getting to them. So Matt had a severe uh, knee injury. So he was off the road for about a year. Lita began traveling with their very close friend, Edge, Adam Copeland. Traveling together, things happened. They had a real life affair. So Edge was married at the time and Lita was still dating Matt Hardy. So this was kind of an uncomfortable situation. This news broke and so this is this is this is real life. Real life. Okay. This is real life. Um, this news broke, and Matt found out. He made it public. He went on the internet. He put all the dirty gossip out there and said, "This is what happened." Oh, he was pissed. Matt already got fired because of his conduct on social media. But you're fired. Was that Vince McMahon? Oh, I was confused there for a second. <laughs> Um, <laughs> these are all celebrity impersonations. These people are not really here. So the affair became public. The fans took Matt Hardy's side and they started to boo Edge and Lita. This is when Lita became healed. And they said some pretty bad stuff to Lita. They would chant things. In the arena, they would, they would call her very, very bad, bad names, names. Uh, and they would they would also chant, "We want Matt, and you screwed Matt," and yeah, they said some pretty bad shit to her. So, of course, they wrote it into a storyline, and they would uh, they would play Matt Hardy's entrance music and get a pop out of the crowd, only to show that reveal that they were joking. It yeah. was it was Lita and Edge. Fucking with the fans. Um, 15,000 fans signed a, an online petition to get Matt Hardy's job back. So, this made, um, this made Lita and Edge, like, huge heels. Yeah. They played it up. They were, they were some of the hottest heels of the time. Well, they decided that since... You were hearing Matt Hardy's name every week being chanted. Why not make it into a storyline? So Matt Hardy was wrestling in independent scene and for Ring of Honor. Then he would call into the uh, web exclusive show WWE Bite This. Yep. And it was completely unscripted. It was unannounced. They would not say, hey, we're going to have Matt Hardy join us. He would just call in. And they would let him rant. rant. And this is probably the biggest situation where real life and storyline story kind of crossed, right? So in, in 2005, Matt Hardy 
came back and attacked Edge backstage. And he was calling him by his real name, Adam. He said that, and he was calling Lita by her real name, Amy. And nobody knew if it was real or storyline. And it was a little bit of both. Yeah. So they signed Matt back up. Uh, he ended up coming out and working the storyline. And it didn't work out for Matt so well. Um, because he had said some things wishing death upon Edge. Um, oh, fuck, that's right. Yeah, he, he they kind of fumbled that. Um, so they, they let that run its course and eventually had a Loser Leaves Raw match that Ed won, and Matt Hardy had to leave Raw. Um, it was... Uh, they just, they couldn't ever, re, you know, like rekindle their friendship even. Uh, they tried, and it just didn't work. So... This is the part where I, I had kind of uh, I just you, you seen. Know. Okay, I, 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 it was during this where Lita was accompanying Edge to the ring. They had a tournament to crown a number one def, uh, contender for the championship, and it turned out it was going to be um, Edge with Lita versus Kane, Undertaker's brother. Yep. So, th- this match happened in Omaha. Lita turned against Edge to side with Kane. and The big red machine. And in that, um, she cost Edge the match, and she sided with Kane. Well. <laughs> Lita gets around. Lita, um, Lita ended up becoming pregnant with Kane's child. Kane's deformed child. And well, this is Kane without the mask. Yes, he did not have the mask. This on is the unmasked time. Kane. Um so a few weeks later, Matt Hardy and Kane wrestled in a Till Death Do Us Part match. In which if Kane won, he would get to marry Lita. Well in all of this Enter a gentleman named Gene Snitsky. Let's just go down this whole damn thing. I love Gene Snitsky. His character was so bad. So, this one is, is, okay, so. This dude was, this dude was ugly already, but then he shaved off his eyebrows and shaved his head. Yeah. Kind of look like you. Yeah, I don't have any eyebrows or hair. But your hair, but your, your teeth weren't brown either. No. Um, and that just made well, this is before he did that. He had that long oh, goatee. Yeah, that's right. He had that long goatee and that lo- and that bushy red hair. So, what? Kane stalked Lita. He kidnapped her, um, and then uh, after she had sided with him, I guess he, he kidnapped her, and she became pregnant, and. Uh, with uh, uh, Hardy losing that match, they they were, they were to get wed. Well, in there somewhere, <laughs> they they threw in Gene Snitsky. They threw in Gene Snitsky for some damn reason, and nobody knew who the hell he was until he debuted on Raw. And so this was his first debut. 
when he did this. Yes. Okay. This was right right around there when he debuted against Kane. He uh, he hit. He Kane was trying to protect Lita. Snitsky hit Kane with a chair. Kane fell on top of Lita, and in storyline, caused her to lose the baby. Lose the baby. Not. I mean, that's a tragedy that uh, many many people have have suffered. Not cool to make it into a storyline. No, and that's the thing with, like we said before, with with Vince McMahon's story or his storylines, he really pushed the edge on a lot of things. Yes, he did. So this led to Gene Snitsky getting a catchphrase: "It wasn't my fault," which he still uses to this day. It wasn't my fault. Twenty years later. Yes, um, but the the funny part. Of all this is when Gene Snitsky came to the ring to mock them pushing a baby carriage and took out a baby doll and punted it into the crowd into, the crowd, into about the eighth row, punted this baby doll <laughs> into the crowd. And I have heard him talk about this. And he was like, you know, like they all say, it was on the script. I had to do it. It was my job. It wasn't his fault. It, yeah, it wasn't his fault. It was it was in the script. Um, and they said, were you ever concerned that you were not going to be able to punt this baby into the crowd? And he goes, I was surprised it went as far as it did. (laughs) So, that, all that shit went down. Oh my God. The wedding took place and, um, Snitsky is still stalking this couple. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, he, uh, he, uh, well, this is where it becomes kind of odd, is uh, Lita and Edge, I believe, they they reunited, and they were to get married. They were supposed to get married. Yep. And this is, this is where, um... They kept teasing that there's a large man that has been looking for you. And the minister says this. And they freak out thinking it's going to be Cain. However, and I'm remembering this as we talk about it. um, It was revealed to be Snitsky. He came out and read a poem about how it wasn't his fault. And they laughed about it. And then... now they're all getting along. They're all getting along. And then... um, Kane tore his way through the ring, and this is when he kidnapped her, I guess, again, and forced her to marry him. Okay. Um. So because yes, didn't, didn't at the wedding of her and Edge, didn't uh, Matt Hardy come out of cake or some shit? Matt Hardy, he he somehow was involved, I believe, to try to break this up, and I believe the. Uh, uh, I know he tried to break up the the wedding of Kane and Lita, and he was choke slammed, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I I believe Lita actually did marry Kane. Um, let's uh, let's see. Kane beat him up. Then they. No, she was with Kane first. She okay. was with Kane first, and then Edge, and then and then she turned on Kane 
to side with Edge. Yep, that's right. That happened in Omaha. That's what I saw. Okay. Okay. So we got that. You got the Kane Lita was August twenty third two thousand four, and then Edge and Lita was in two thousand five. Almost a year later. Almost a year later, um, and this is where in real life uh, she had cheated on Matt. That's when all that went down. So she was with Kane first. Okay, and then she threw down the wedding ring that uh, she was supposed to get married with Kane, and. Uh, then Edge and Lita's ceremony was broken up by Kane, who was hiding under the ring. So she was in weddings, never successful in getting married. And then I believe she was injured shortly after, and she had to retire. Yeah, I think she hurt, she hurt her neck. Hurt her neck and had to get neck surgery. So, as you can see, these weddings, with the exception of a couple, usually don't end up happening. No. But when they do, there's a food fight at the reception. There was one here, too. Was there a food fight? Yeah. Well, they didn't have a reception because they never got married. No, but I think they had the... They I think they had a cake in the ring the or something. Ring, yeah. yeah. So, wrestling weddings never quite turn out the way they're supposed to. But, here is the love story for the ages. We're going to end the first half on this beautiful love story. So, we're going to have to have a bit of background on this. And, remember I said... About Stephanie's bachelorette party. Mae Young. She showed back up on television um, with the fabulous Moolah. Because Jeff Jarrett was doing a gimmick at the time where he was a woman hater. Oh, yeah. Because he was in a feud with China. So. This is when he was trying to, he was beating up all the women in the ring. Yes. And hitting them with guitars. Yes. And he beat up. The elderly, Mae Young, and Moolah. And then later uh, lost his Intercontinental title to um, China. Yep. Interesting story here. His contract had expired the day before this match was to take place. Oh, shit. And he did not re-sign. He signed with WCW. Yeah. He was paid an extremely large amount of money to come in and drop the title because he was like, what are you going to do? I'm not under contract anymore. They had a, what was called a good housekeeping match where it was basically a, like a street fight, no disqualification, but the only things that you could use as a weapon were things that you found in the home. So they used a kitchen sink. I remember this. They used a ironing board. They, uh, they used all the, all the shit that you find in a home. Yeah. And China ended up winning Becoming the, I believe, the only woman to ever win the Intercontinental Belt. I'm waiting for, oh, what the hell's her name? Nia Jax? No, your girl. My girl. She's part of the... Who the hell's my girl? The story with the... Uh, um, Guerrero, or not Guerrero, but... Uh, oh, Rhea. Rhea, yeah. Rhea Ripley. I'm waiting for her to go for the Intercontinental belt. Yeah, I guess she's pushing. She's pushing her limits with the men oh, yeah. in, on the storylines. So, the next time that they saw Mae Young was at Stephanie's bachelorette party where she got completely drunk, uh, and that's when her character as a crazy old horny drunk woman took, took life. Um, she then, you know, she was... Just a sexually charged senior citizen. Yes, she was. And it got worse. 
because in 2000, she wanted to take part in the uh, Ms. Royal Rumble swimsuit competition. Oh, my God. Dude, I remember this. This oh is when she came God. out. And um, she stripped down into everything. Yes. Uh, uh, we had Terry Runnels was in a flesh-colored bikini that looked like she was naked. Uh, Miss Kitty, who was married to Jerry Lawler at the time, was in a bubble wrap bikini. But uh, Miss Jackie came out. She danced around uh, in a thong. She didn't have much on. She had an eye no, patch on. I remember that. I believe um, Sable came out with the handprint bikini. Yep. It was just latex body paint. That's when Mark Mark um, Amira was still with her. Yes. And he got pissed. Uh, well, the there were there were his hands that yeah. were used to create the the illusion. Um, but Mae Young came out. She had a uh, a, a pink robe on and a one piece uh, swimsuit. She uh, took the robe off and put it between her legs and danced around while grinding on the robe. And then she said she wanted to show everyone her puppies. And she took her top down. Now... I think she actually did it, didn't she? Yes. In... I remember watching this. They did not censor the pay-per-view. They did censor it on Raw when they replayed it. Yeah. But she had a um, she had a, a prosthetic on. It was not she was not really naked. She did have a prosthetic on. Um, it did not have nipples. But it was so she was a nippleless May Young. Yes, it was. It was. It was. It, 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 it. Yeah. Because didn't all it, the girls it, try to it, cover it, her up? Yes, um, but not in time. <laughs> and I can remember seeing this and going, "Oh my God, they really did that." Um, so they that, kind of shock value. Yeah. They kind of set the stage for what was to come. And this is the most beautiful love story ever told in a wrestling ring. So <laughs> Mark Henry, sexual chocolate, he was doing the sexual chocolate gimmick where he would, uh, he was running around with the Godfather and his ladies of the night and he was coming to the ring with two or three women and making uh, statements that he would be celebrating with all of them later after the match. So he was uh, sexual chocolate. And uh, Sexual chocolate. That boy's good. So they decided. Yeah, good and terrible. He was going to start a relationship with Mae Young. Mae Young was 72 years old at this time. Oh, my God. Mark Henry was 29. And they would kiss and everything they else. They would on TV. kiss. They would. Uh, they but were, he, he did have that big sexual chocolate lips, so. though. Oh yeah, he was. He was something else. He he sold it. He the, he did really well with the gimmick. Now, I'd like to talk to him, ask him how he actually how that went with him. You know how he did it with a straight face. They went as far as showing them in a hotel room in bed, presumably naked. Presumably, I believe uh, May Young was smoking a, a cigarette. Um, they had just had sex, which led to May Young proclaiming on live television that she had gotten pregnant with Mark Henry's child. Now, <laughs> oh. this was the shortest pregnancy ever because it was not nine months later, it was a short time later. She went into labor, and they uh, 
they rushed her to the hospital with um, Mark Henry and uh, Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe along with them. <sighs> really. She gave birth to a hand. <laughs> That's right. It was just a hand. She gave birth to a... F- oh, grown man's hand. A fucking hand. Um, and that caused Gerald Briscoe to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right, because weren't they like in the delivery room or something? They were all in the delivery room, and they pulled this slimy rubber glove out from under the, the sheet and presented... Um, Mark Henry, Mark with, Henry his with his with the hand, his love hand. Um. So, uh, yeah. Uh, shortly after this happened, they dropped the gimmick. Mark Henry got shipped back down to de- uh, the de- developmental territory, and Mae Young was off TV. Now they did a reunion show. Later on, they did a raw reunion. One of the writers. That worked for WWE, escorted May to the ring in a giant hand costume, saying that the the child had brought his mother to. Oh <laughs> to my Rob. god! And uh, that's kind of one of the writers was dressed up as the was hand. dressed up as a as a giant hand. They said, "Well, look, their child's grow all grown up." <laughs> that's amazing. And yeah, uh, they they had a lot of fun with that. And uh, many many years later. That hand made a uh, cameo appearance in uh, a WrestleMania match between Sami Zayn and uh, Johnny Knoxville. That's right. Where that giant hand smacked. Yep. It was it was a spring loaded hand, and they so that was we what, went, two years. That was last year. That was last year, I believe. So, yeah, the greatest love story ever told on TV. Oh my God! Is well, a, you know what? At a least that hand made a good woman. career on on Jackass. Yeah, yeah, because he was on all. He, you know, he buddied up with uh, with the Jackass. Yeah. Group. But yeah, a 72-year-old woman and a 29-year-old man had sexual relations and uh, she gave birth to a giant giant hand. Um, Now, they did make very clear. Oh, my God. Very clear. Did they ever say whose hand it was? No. They never spoke of it again until they brought the hand back as a joke. Um, They made very clear that there is absolutely no way that a 72-year-old woman could could have a child. They went on record to say that, as if they had to. They probably had to. Um, so, uh... Oh, my God, that's amazing. The, yeah, there's, uh... There's that. So, anything that you want to say to wrap up our first half of these wonderful wrestling weddings, the love stories that have been told throughout the, uh, the, the, the tales of time... I applaud Mark Henry. You applaud him. You want to give him a hand? Just give him one hand. He's well. He's already got one. Hmm. They were. They, yeah. They, they. He. He. He made it himself. He did. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I believe we need a break. Yeah, we do. And we're going to come back and we're going to discuss something that uh, it was just the anniversary of the other day. Um, the brilliant story that was wrapped around what is actually one of the uh, greatest love stories that were played out on wrestling programming. And that would be the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Miss Elizabeth. Elizabeth, and the Mega Powers exploding. So, we'll get to that right after this.
After these messages, we'll be right back. Well, I'll tell you, that wedding was something else, and there's no doubt that the reception here is also going to be something. Jesse, Jesse, please. What are you writing? What am I writing? What are you doing? I'm writing a poem. We sure Probably care to spell very good. Go along with your sure. wardrobe, your change of wardrobe. Nonetheless, hey. Hogan, what did you think of the wedding? It was a beautiful wedding, Vicious Vince, a little different. And this may be just the type of thing that Uncle Elmer needs, a positive type of event that might just give him the sight to go all the way to the top of the WWE. Look Could very well boost him. Might have to Paul Orndorff. What did you think of the wedding? I thought it was great, Vince. You know, it's part of history. It's the second time ever somebody being married on the right since 1969. I thought it was great. You know, he's being married in the way the band grew up. I wouldn't be here at all. Jesse, would you please up. cool it? What? You. Cool it. Hey, I dressed down for this occasion. This is my Keith Richards look, elegantly Saul, wasted. Have you seen Lou Albano anywhere? Yeah, I just, you know what I mean, cousin, you got Where's to have certain etiquette, Lou, baby. That's the Lou, name of the game. You're Lou, the big Cap. city now. This Looks like a very interesting table here. Lou Albano and Cousin Junior. Captain Life can't get any better than this. Well, what I'm trying to do, Gene, is show the cousin how to eat, baby. I'm trying to tell him use the left hand at all times. It don't matter about the left hand. You can pick up butter. You can, you can even take and dunk into anything you want in the left hand. Because you always want to keep that right hand clean, Gene, in case don't you need a friend. Yeah, don't matter mouthful, but it's proper it's the elegant book of etiquette. You want to pat a friend on the back. Thank you very much, right Captain Lou Bell, Cousin Jr. Right now, let's go to the Poet Laureate of the World Wrestling Federation, Leap and Laddie Poffo. You've got something special. Yes, I do. Thank you very much, Mean Gene. On this auspicious occasion, a loving commitment for life, Joyce Stasco and Uncle Elmer are united as man and wife. Unselfishly, they share their love with every single wrestling fan who supported Uncle Elmer a wonderful, big-hearted man. And we thank them for this moment so the multitudes may see the joy of the Holy Spirit through the family of NBC. Let me bring in the uh, groom, uh, the best man. I'm confused here. I'm sorry about that. Hillbilly Jim, your thoughts on this great wedding? I want to propose a toast to Uncle Elmer and Joyce. Let's do it. Everybody y'all ready? <laughs> Joyce and Uncle Elmer, we want to wish y'all many years of love and happiness. I don't want y'all to forget that every Sunday, I'm open for dinner invites. How about that? Can't get any better than that. Very good. Wonderful. Thank you very right. much, Hillbilly Jim. All right, here's a big moment. We've got our surprise guest, and it's going to be a very auspicious occasion. Joyce and Elmer, get ready. A man who was without a doubt part of television's biggest wedding up to tonight. My very dear, close personal, longtime friend, ladies and gentlemen, Tidy Tim. Looks like the advanced man for Ringling Brothers. Love the suit. Love the suit. I see they finally settled a Spike Jones estate. Oh, thank you so much, Mr. Mean Gene, and for that lovely introduction. And it's so nice coming from you, a dear old friend of mine. It's great for you to be here. And it's a pleasure being here, especially at this beautiful wedding uh, for Mr. Elmer and Miss Joyce uh, on this most important oh, night of all nights. And I want to congratulate you all on this beautiful night. I know how weddings are. I've gone through uh, a big one on television. Uh, it didn't work out, but I have some advice for you. And that is, through the hard times, Mr. Elmer, uh, uh, you know, just be wonderful to your lovely wife and teach her to tiptoe through the tulips with you. I like that. I and, like that. That's terrific. And as a special gift for both of you, I want to present to you my, on your special wedding night, this ukulele personally from me. 
Thank you very much. Looks like a pretty high test item there, Uncle Elmer. Boy, I love that. Thank you very much. All right. Very good. Thank you very much. Tiny Tim, it's been a long time. He's something else. I got something to say. Looks like you're still in mourning for James Dean, Jesse. Huh. There's always a place in life for love. A place for the lily, a place for the dove. There's always a time in life to care. A time to cuddle a time to share yes a time and place for everything a place to dance and a time to sing now i've seen your dance and i've heard your song and i must tell you that this is wrong that wrestling is a deadly dance and is no partner to romance and shame on those who ever did mix wrestling and romance just for these hicks ha 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 wait a minute just a second here paul orndorff hulk hogan jesse ventura oh oh oh, oh no i can't believe it oh, oh, oh. jesse ventura i told you it would be more fun than the longshoremen's convention we're going to sort it out, and fans, we're back after this. Don't go away. <laughs> really? Oh, my. Do you want to give him something for Valentine's Day that he'll treasure forever? Then give him yourself. All wrapped up in glamorous color portraits from Glamour Shots High Fashion Photography. It's the hottest Valentine's gift idea in years. He'll love your beautiful portraits, and you'll have fun, too. Your Glamour Shots photo session includes a complete makeover, hairstyling, wardrobe selections, 12 to 15 poses, and instant viewing of your color video proofs. Call today for an appointment. It's the perfect Valentine's gift. Hi, kids. We're the Care Bears, and we have a special Valentine message just for you. Call us right now at 1-900-909-5678, and we'll tell you how we're getting ready for Valentine's Day in Kerala. We'll have new, exciting stories for you every day. Remember, Valentine's Day is just around the corner. And there's cards to make, cakes to bake, and, and all, all kinds, kinds of fun, fun we can have, have together. together. $2 the first minute, 45 cents each additional minute. Kids, please check with your parents before you call. Who's the McFunniest Hamburger Clown? Who knows where good food can be found? Hamburger shakes and fries, the lay of fish and apple pies, Ronald, Ronald McDonald. Now you can get Valentine's at participating McDonald's. One from Ronald for you and five others you can send to your friends. Sending once more, Carl. I am not. You know when I told you that we were pregnant? Yeah, I mean... Father. Whoa! Whoa! Whoa, boy! I, I I'm not the father? I can't, I can't do it, I'm if sorry. If it's not David, where'd you go? She's leaving it with the altar. I now pronounce you as the unholy union of darkness. You may now kiss your bride. Oh, for God's sake.
but I really felt that you should take a look at this. Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Everyone up, everyone in, time for the fun to begin. Come along with me, Lookout Bear, on a brand new adventure. <laughs> Hello everyone, Michael B. Moynihan here, Zubily Zoo's resident adventurer, Lookout Bear. I, along with my friends Paul, Hello Zubaroos, and Billy, Welcome to the show. Have teamed up to bring you an informative and entertaining deep dive into the loving world of Zubilee Zoo, one episode at a time. So please buckle up and join us for When You're in Zubilee Zubilee Zoo, Magic and Wonder are waiting for you. So come on with us now and discover the wonder of you. Welcome to Zoobly Zoo. That's right, you can listen to the brand new Zoobly Zoo podcast, dropping the 1st and the 15th of every month, wherever you get your podcasts, or at electronicmediacollective.com slash Zoobly Zoo pod. So you've got something to say to the zillions of people all around the world. And they've also got something to say to Elizabeth. Maybe. Come on, you can do it, Randy. Come on. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, I love you. Oh, my goodness. He's getting that box. He's building up his courage. I think maybe he's going to ask her. What's, he, what's that? Look at that. Hot rock. Take a look. Whoa. Look at that ring. He's going to ask her, folks. What's the answer going to be? Look at that. Come on, Randy. Don't pop out now. Somebody said, get on your knees. You hear it? Uh, I think do it right having, if you're going to do it. He's having second thoughts. It looks to me like he... Hot Rod, I, I think he... She's too beautiful. Not now. Don't walk. I got to help him. Get down on your knees! Yes! Elizabeth! Elizabeth! Will you marry me? <laughs> we don't have an answer. We don't have an answer. We don't have an answer. We don't have an answer.
Because it's time for SummerSlam! The lovely Miss Elizabeth and the Macho Man Randy Savage request the honor of your presence at their wedding, where it will truly be a match made in heaven! And then, nuptials turn to napalm! In a match made in hell! Sergeant Slaughter, Colonel Mustafa, General Adnan, the Triangle of Terror, square off against the red-hot combination of the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan! It's time for red-hot action! It's time for SummerSlam! And we're back. Yeah, we took a long break. We did. You guys didn't notice. It was only minutes to you, but it was hours. We had to... It was weeks for us. We had to locate and watch Young give birth to a hand again. It was disturbing. Yes, it was. So, <laughs> we're going to tell the story about the greatest love story ever told in wrestling. Legit. Um, and we're just going to... I think we're just going to focus on what was played out in front of the cameras because that's you know there's been a lot of things said we don't want to talk about the private stuff we just want to talk about what was played no, we're, we're going to keep the positivity yeah the positive, the positive stuff so to get into this we have to go back quite a ways so um, we do the scooby-doo stuff you want to do scooby-doo yeah, we'll scooby-doo right <laughs> okay so in the way back machine Back about oh, 85 or so, um, maybe 84 even, Macho Man Randy Savage brought in a new manager. And this is after he had was looking for a new manager and he was going to hire. Yeah, when he first came into the, the WWF, everybody was like vying for, you know, to be his manager. He had all of them. You know, Jimmy Hart, Bobby Heenan, Johnny V, Mr. Fuji, uh, Slick, I think, was even in the Yeah, in the Slick race, was in there. Um, Freddie Blassie. So they, they all wanted to be his manager. And he brought in Miss Elizabeth. Now, what was not known at the time was that they were actually married. Yeah. Way back then. Um, but they, they didn't put that out. Now, I do remember, I think I talked about this before, the Omaha World Herald did post a caption saying that they were really married in real life. So I wish I could find a copy of that, actually. We just, I, we found it not too long ago. Yeah, but it, they, they, I remember seeing it because I went to, I went to that match where, and they had, had said that in the, like the advertisement, they had a picture of him and her and yep. it said that she was the real life Mrs. Macho. Well, nobody knew that. No. Um, I mean, I bet you can find it. I don't know if you can find the old paper at the library. I bet they have it in the archive somewhere. Yeah. You can probably get a copy of it. But yeah. They won't give you actual paper. But, so so he brought in Miss Elizabeth. And on camera, he uh, didn't really treat her the best. He was very jealous. You know, uh, didn't want anybody looking at her. If a family gave her flowers, he would destroy them. Uh, he had about a two-year-long feud with Georgie Animal Steel because he had a crush on her. So, as th- you know, things kind of developed, he, he was a total heel, but because of her, the fans started siding with 
at least with her. Yeah. In essence, siding with him. So he developed a fan base, being a heel. So we move on. He's a, he's he's I'd say he's still one of the greatest heels ever. Oh yeah, he was awesome. He's up there with Piper. Yeah. Um. So so we we move on to about eighty seven, and he was starting to kind of turn to face, and for a brief time. Yeah. So. He started a feud with the Honky Tonk Man. And... That year, he was cool. Uh, he, he was, was rocking. Cocky. Cocky. And bad. And bad. Now, Honky Tonk Man was the Intercontinental Champion at this point. Um, he Sav- was the first Intercontinental Champion, wasn't he? No. Pat Patterson was the first. That's right. Savage was the Intercontinental Champion. He lost it at WrestleMania three to Ricky Steamboat. A few weeks later, Steamboat lost it to the Honky Tonk Man. And the Honky Tonk Man became the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. He did, in his own mind. Yes. Well, he had a very long run with it. I mean, well, I think he had the one of the longest He run. may still have the, the record. It was like two and a half years, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he, he had it for quite a while. So, Savage, how, you know, how would you... How, you wouldn't think that a guy dressed up as an Elvis impersonator or a rockabilly would go over so far... With a fan, so he could keep the belt. Well, the thing for was, two and a half years. He came in. He was a face. Yeah. And the fans did not like him. So he was one of Hogan's buddies. The fans didn't like him. So That's because he was because his manager was Jimmy Hart. It was even before that. Oh no! Yeah, sure. even before that, he was supposed to be a face, and it just didn't work. So they had a fan vote, and the fans said, "No, we don't like him." So then he turned heel. Um. So, anyhow, Honky Tonk had started making some comments about Randy Savage, saying he was a coward because he wouldn't face him and all that. And on uh, October 3rd of, of 87, Savage had a match with the Honky Tonk Man. He had hit the elbow, and instead of getting the pin, the Heart Foundation came in and attacked him. Well... Elizabeth got on the way because uh, Heart Foundation was, was holding Savage up to hit him with a guitar. Yeah. And Elizabeth got in the way. Another here and there heels or faces. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the year. So Elizabeth got in the way to, uh, to save him and Honky Tonk shoved her to the mat. So she ran backstage. They broke the guitar over Savage's head and she came back with Hulk Hogan. Hogan saved him. Well, at that point, we saw the famous handshake of the Mega Powers. The Mega Powers were formed. One of the greatest, uh, the greatest faces of the time have now aligned, and they were gonna just have this amazing tag team. Well, that's what the story was. That's the storyline. Yeah. So, and and everybody, you know, if if you were watching wrestling, you remember. You even if you didn't watch wrestling, you've seen this handshake. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's it's very iconic. Where it's all he's Hogan's like, yeah, and then they replayed it over and over yeah. and over. Well, the thing is, they said it I was, make these facial expressions like people are actually watching. Yeah, like us. so we can see you. I mean, you can. Um, that's all that matters right now. Yeah. <laughs> so they they said it was the. Uh, the Mega Powers, because it was the two greatest powers in the WWF, 
it was Macho Madness and Hulkamania uniting. So they started teaming together on a regular basis, wrestling all the the heels, until um, oh, in, in 1988, uh, March 1988, Savage was wrestling Ted DiBiase. DiBiase was accompanied by Virgil and Andre the Giant. And Virgil got thrown out of ringside because he was cheating. Yep. But Andre was... Uh, Andre was still at ringside. Ref took a bump. You know, ref ref got hit. And Andre started beating up Savage. And here comes Hogan. So once again, you know, Ho- Elizabeth went and got Hogan and, and brought him back. And he came back with a steel chair and just solidified that union. Yeah. Move on to WrestleMania 4. And they had a tournament because Hogan had lost the belt. They had a tournament for a new champion. Ends up being DiBiase and Savage in the finals. And DiBiase brought Andre out again. So Hogan came out to uh, be in the corner, kind of even up the odds. And he ended up cheating. He he smacked DiBiase with a steel chair. Mm-hmm. And this is when they started planting the seeds of what was about to happen. Um. See, Hogan was always a cheater, though. He took every sly move he could Yeah, get. he would rake their back. He would rake their eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was a cheater, but they always he always got away with it because he was the ultimate good guy doing it to the ultimate bad guys. Yeah. So he always got away with it. It was like him and Ric Flair were, on the same, were reading the same book. Right. So here's the where they started planting these little seeds. So after Savage won the belt, he's celebrating... Hogan picked Elizabeth up on his shoulder and was hugging her and, and like put her up on his shoulder. Yeah. And looking back at it, you could see how they planted these seeds. But at the time, he didn't notice it. So it would just be like kind of a glance from Savage, like, what the hell are you doing? You know? Yeah. And this went on for almost a year. Um, they had a SummerSlam match. It was Andre and DiBiase versus the Mega Powers. And Jesse Ventura was the special guest referee. Yeah, I remember that. Well, they had their secret weapon, and that was Elizabeth taking her skirt off, showing her bikini bottoms, and everybody stopped to stare, and the Mega Powers took advantage of the distraction and and won. Just a bunch of old pervs. Again, Hogan hugged Elizabeth. And you can see... He's got his arm around her waist, just below where the skirt was, just above her ass. He's got his arm around her waist when he's hugging her. Savage saw that, and he was like, what the hell? He asked her, what the hell are you doing? And she went over and calmed it down. And she was the only woman that could calm Savage down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they had a match on Saturday night's main event again in... Uh, Oh, it was about 88, 89-ish. Against the Twin Towers, which is Big Boss Man and Akeem the African Dream. I liked his character. Well, Savage got thrown out of the ring. Wasn't Akeem also the one-man gang? Yes. Yep, he got he got switched. That's, um, what he was worth, that's what he got, was managed by Slick. Yes. So, Savage got thrown out of the ring, and he hit Elizabeth, knocking her out. 
And that's when Hogan grabbed her and took her backstage. Yes, Hogan picked her up, carried her backstage, and stayed backstage with her, basically pleading for someone to help her, which nobody ever came to help her. Yeah. And Savage got the shit knocked out of him. She's like, go help Randy. By the other two. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 brother, I'll be right back. Yeah. So she sent Hogan back out. Well, Savage took exception to that. Um, When they were back, they went back to check on Elizabeth, and Savage hit Hogan uh, with his belt, with his championship belt. Oh, yeah, okay. I was trying to figure out if he hit him with a belt or hit him with one of the bedpans, but that was Austin. That was Yeah, that was Steve hit, Austin. Hit McMahon with a bedpan. Yeah. So that was the... And that, uh, went, that went ding. Yeah, that he was loud. He actually hit him in the head with it. Yeah. So that was the, the, the Mega Powers exploded, right? And the Mega Powers exploded because... Hogan had lust in his eyes. He had lust in his eyes. Got lust in your eyes. I saw it, Hogan. Well, <laughs> that went to WrestleMania Five. Savage versus Hogan, with Elizabeth standing in a neutral corner. She refused to manage either one of them. Yep. And she still kind of said she was still both of their managers after that. And there was a brief time when she did accompany Hogan to the ring. Still, but the you know the she was Savage's manager, obviously. So we just passed the anniversary of the Mega Powers exploding, um, just like a couple days ago. Was was the, yeah. the anniversary? Well, they imploded. Yes, they exploded at first, but then they imploded at the end. So Hogan regained his belt, and. Savage, you know, went went on his own, being a heel again, and um, I believe this is when he became the Macho King. Yeah, he won the first King of the Ring. Yeah. No, he didn't win the King of the Ring. He beat. He beat Duggan. Yeah. He beat Duggan and took the took the crown from him. So he started feuding with the Ultimate Warrior, cost him the belt. Well, Elizabeth was was gone at this point. She was no longer his manager, and he had aligned himself with Sensational Sherry. Right? God, those two crazy people. Oh, and some of the um, some of the promos that they did. They were nuts. Yeah, and he also had aligned himself with Zeus at this point because no holds barred. Yep. Um, if you want to hear us talk for about four hours about Hulk Hogan in the movies and No Holds Barred. It's in the archives. That's yeah. Uh, that was season one, wasn't it? Uh, season, yeah, one yeah. or two. But yeah, we we talked way too long about it. We we there's what two Hulk Hogan movies that are actually decent to watch, and the rest are horrible. Yeah, he had a total of uh, I think five or six movies he did. Yeah, and then we talked about his TV show. Yeah, we talked about a lot of shit. And it was yeah. bad. It was it was about an hour and a half, two hour and a half longer than it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> so because um because Savage had started this feud with the Ultimate Warrior and cost him the belt, uh Slaughter was able to regain the belt because of this. Uh, greatest American champion ever. Yeah, right. So because of, of uh, we got static. <laughs> <laughs> because of that, they they had a, a match at WrestleMania Seven, and it was a retirement match. Oh, for Warrior for and, Warrior and, and Savage. Yep. And when 
Savage dropped about two dozen elbows on the Ultimate Warrior, and Warrior kicked out and knocked the shit out of him and beat him. Sensational Sherry took exception to this, because now Randy Savage had to retire. And so she started beating the shit out of Randy Savage. Well, they had been showing in the audience... Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth. And this is after... She just happened to have a ringside seat. Yeah. which This is after she had teamed with Dusty Rhodes. She came back and she was uh, managing Dusty Rhodes. I remember that. Um, against Sherry and, and Savage. Um, so she had been around, but it just in and out. Well, she hadn't been seen in a while, but they spot her in the crowd. And when Sherry is beating up Savage, she comes to his rescue. Throws Sherry out of the ring and... There's a big, great reunion. And I just remember seeing the audience in tears, you know. People are just crying because of this wonderful reunion that, yeah. that has happened. So she's back on TV. And later, Randy asks her to, to marry him. How's he do it? Yes, you got to do it because you got a better yeah. savage than I got. Elizabeth, will you marry me? And her response was, Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that is set up for uh, SummerSlam in 91, where they have the match made in heaven, which is the headlining Savage Elizabeth wedding. Yep. And I remember this, This oh, yeah, this wedding did get... This wedding went, went without it went a on, hitch. Yeah. yeah. The reception. Yeah, yeah. So... um. The, the the other half of SummerSlam 91 was the match made in hell. And that was Sergeant Slaughter, General Adnan, and Colonel Mustafa, who was the Iron Sheik, yep. against Hogan and Warrior. So that, you know, that match went, and then they took the, the ropes down for this wedding, and they had a grand wedding. Yeah, Savage uh, had a white hat on. He had a like a white suit and a white hat with a big feather in he it. He had a white tights. Yes, he was wearing white tights. And cowboy boots. And she was in uh, a wedding dress. Um, I actually have the wedding photos. I, I, I'm still looking for one, but I, I have the, the set of wedding photos they put out. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And the invitation. There's, I remember the things they had plastic. Yeah, the they, there was an invitation. It was like an eight, eight by ten invitation, and then the, the photos. So they they had their wedding, and then they went to the the uh, reception at the end. And when they were getting their gifts, Jake Roberts had given them a gift, and it was just funny because you know, like they're opening gifts. And Savage is, like, playing with the ribbons. He's like, I'm going to save this one for later. It's like, what the fuck are you going to do with a ribbon, dude? He was but, a ribbon collector. Well, apparently, because he saved it. He saved the wrapping paper and everything, dude. But there was a cobra in one of the boxes. He did not save that one. He did not save that. That was a danger ribbon. And Jake the Snake had... That was a nope rope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jake the Snake had given him a cobra. An angry noodle. And uh, that started, you know... Kind of a feud with Undertaker and Jake against Savage. But Savage was retired. Savage was a commentator at this time. Yeah. Well, that led to... And here's... It led to a series of matches. 
And because he came out of retirement what, almost a year later. Yeah, because he one of the most terrifying things in wrestling history. Uh, this also had people crying, but when you're a little kid, completely different reasons that people were terrified because um, Jake Roberts let the Cobra bite Randy Savage on the arm when he was tied the ropes, and. So the way the story goes, the reason it was so traumatic, the snake was just supposed to bite him, and that was it. And it didn't let go. Oh, there's a reason. So before, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know this reason. Before the match, Randy Savage was a bit paranoid that somebody was out to get him. So he went up, and I heard, I've heard Jake Roberts tell the story numerous times. He went up to Jake, and he said, I uh, need to talk to you about the snake, brother. And so we called him Snake Man. Yeah, Snake Man. Need to talk to you. And he said that snake fixed. And he goes, yeah, it's you know, it's got no venom. You know, he goes, hmm. So uh, what we're gonna do here is uh, before that snake's gonna bite me, it's gonna have to bite you. So Jake Roberts rolled up his pant leg and let the snake bite him on the leg, and then. Savage followed him around all afternoon <laughs> to make, make sure, sure he, he wasn't taking anti-venom or something. And he followed him around all afternoon. And then they went out and did the, the, the spot where the snake was going to bite him. Well, Jake was a little pissed because of, you know, Savage made him get bitten by this fucking yeah. snake. Because Jake Roberts is scared of snakes. And so you, if you watch it back now, when Jake takes the snake, he has it out of the bag, he turns his back and he smacks the snake in the head about three or four times. Then he turns around and puts it on Randy. And the snake wouldn't let go and it would just start chewing on him. Yep. And he was pulling on it and he couldn't get it loose. Once he got it loose, it came after him and he kind of wiggled wrangled it, it, wrangled it, and it went back and grabbed Savage again. And it's just chewing on him. And so they're playing it up. It was not supposed to be like that. It was not supposed to be bloody. And it ended up Roddy Piper, who I believe was also scared of snakes, had to go down and save him. Yep, because he had to get him out of the ropes. He had to get him out of the ropes and get the snake away from him. So uh, this caused a reinstatement. And they wrestled at a show called Tuesday in Texas, in which uh, Savage beat the shit out of... Um, Snake, but Snake slapped Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. Okay. And at the end of that, we saw the Undertaker turn face because Jake was going to smack one of them with a chair when they came through the curtain. Didn't care who it was, and it was going to be Elizabeth. And when he had the chair, he, he, he pulled it back, went to hit him, and couldn't hit him. It's because the Undertaker had caught the chair. And was, was, he saved him. He came in behind him? Yeah, he came in behind because he said that was the right thing to do. Um, which led to, you know, more matches with Undertaker. Now, an interesting little tidbit that I found. So, Jake Roberts told this story. That after that Tuesday in Texas when he slapped Elizabeth. They went home to talk to, you know, to, to visit Elizabeth's family. Yeah. And... They still, being in the 90s, they still were not clued into the fact that wrestling was predetermined. That there was uh, 
a certain degree of scripted content. Yeah. And Elizabeth's family would not allow Randy in their home. Because they said, you know, you need to get the hell out of here. You told us you would always keep her safe and she would never get hurt. And you let that no good son of a bitch Jake Roberts slap her. And he probably went like this. Yeah, he, they, Randy wouldn't let anybody do anything that he didn't trust. Yeah. So he had obviously had trust in Honky Tonk Man for letting him shove her down. Yep. He obviously had trusted Jake Roberts to slap her or to, because to, he, he would grab her um, and like manhandle her basically and you know throw her around a little bit. Yeah. And so he obviously trusted him. But the family didn't, they didn't think, they thought it was all 100% legit and that she really got slapped and really got beat up when she in fact did not. So after... You know, after all this kind of shook down, um, where uh, they, you know, they they've, they've gotten married in one of the only wrestling weddings that ended without incident incident in the ring. Now the reception, that's another story. But like you said, uh, I don't think there was any food in this one. No, there's just a, a cobra. Cobra, just a cobra. Um, after all this happened, uh. You would see Hogan and Savage team again later on. Um, they wrestled mostly house shows together. Yeah. They didn't really team on television anymore. But you saw the Mega Powers, they did reunite. And then later in the NWO, they reunited. For a bit. For a bit. But as far as Randy Savage and Elizabeth... They met when uh, Savage's dad had a wrestling company. She was like their backstage interviewer. Oh, yeah, that's right. And they got married like in, in the late 70s or early 80s is when they actually got married. Yeah. For real. And played it off like they hadn't been. I, I'd always heard... And Randy's brother, Lanny Poffo, who we just uh, tragically lost. Yeah, he just uh, passed, passed away the other day. Yeah, just the other day. Um, he always said that Randy was just crazy about her. Randy, you know, was so good to her and and uh, just was, was in love with her, you know. So it basically... But that paranoia was actually real. Yeah, the paranoia was real. So he was overprotective of her as well. Um, but... Basically, what we saw play out over, you know, four years or five years. They were married for like 10 years. Yeah, they were already married. But we saw it play out. Basically, their true life story played out on TV over mm -hmm. four years. Um, you know, they, they they ignored the fact that they were already married. But she, Omaha didn't. Omaha didn't, certainly didn't. But, um, you know, they introduced her. She was a manager, so they... they be, be, had a working relationship, yeah, which is what really happened. Fell in love and ended up getting married. Now there was a rough point in there where, you know, Hogan was trying to swindle his way there in there. Lust in his eyes. He did have lust in his eyes. Um, now that's kind of the you know the the 
the long and short of the greatest, greatest love story ever told. Unfortunately, a year after they were married on TV, <laughs> they got divorced. They got divorced. They say that Hulk Hogan was involved in that. Well, it wouldn't be the first time. That's the story. Well, I guess it wouldn't be the first time. Is that he and his wife, Linda, talked her into it. Right. (coughs) Talked her into the divorce. Talked her into the divorce. Rumor is... That's right, because Randy didn't even want her talking to Linda. Yeah, yeah. He didn't want her having anything to do with him. And she went down there to visit and ended up staying. Yeah. Rumor is that uh, Hulk Hogan showed up at WrestleMania 9 with a black eye. And the rumor was that Savage punched him. That's not what happened. Uh, he had a jet ski accident. That was legit. He, he did have a jet ski accident. But the, the urban legend always was that Savage, Savage punched, him. punched him. Now, later on in the NWO, Elizabeth was back and they reunited. Never really as an on-screen couple, but as like a manager type role. Yeah. Um, like she joined the NWO with him when he went. Yeah, yeah. She was in the NWO, um, leaving because she was with Ric Flair at the time. Yeah. Uh, on on storyline, and uh, well, that was another thing that Rick was had altered those photos. That's right. When that's he was right. in WWF for a short time, when he went over with the NWO belt or NWA belt. Yes, that's right. Uh, he had the the uh, belt and said that he had some revealing pictures of, of Elizabeth and they did Photoshop before there was such a thing. Yeah. Where they took a layout of uh, Savage and Elizabeth at home, which was actually at Bobby Heenan's house. Yeah. They did all their photo shoots at Bobby Heenan's house because he had an amazing house. Um, and they had the R and the L. Yes. Or R and the E. Yeah, and uh, so Flair... Put his face, put his, you know, his image over top of Randy and said that they were really photos of him yeah. and her. And there was a big feud for that. And supposedly, they, uh, Flair and Mr. Perfect had a naked photo of her. Oh, that's right. And they were trying to show it, and Savage beat him up and didn't let him. So yet another little, little angle where they played out, you know, they played on... Basically, like his overprotectiveness and his paranoia, they played that out on screen. Um, which you know, nothing really came of that. No, I mean, in real life, well, even that story just kind of fizzled out after. Yeah, after he beat Flair, yeah, he beat him for the belt too. Um, but uh, it just kind of fizzled out, and and nothing really really happened but i just always remember you know when when they were going through the kind of the uh i don't know what you want to call it the redemption of of randy savage when yeah he, when he i think it's even what they called it i think i think they did where he was you know the ultimate bad guy the the macho king and and with the evil queen sherry and having elizabeth come save him and and bring him back yeah to the the, the you know, basically the the good side of the force. Yeah, the light side. Yeah, one of the best. See, everything revolves around Star Wars. It does. It does. Um, but yeah, that, that I think that was one of the the best stories that they told, and they told it over how many years? Oh, it was. And that's how they fun. used to do it. You know, 
Well, it was from like 88 to 91, so at least yeah. four years or more. Um, and then it continued on from there. So they don't tell stories like that anymore. No. And to let something build, looking back on it, if you, if you are a fan, go back and watch from the time the Mega Powers formed and watch all the subtleties. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, you always got to see Randy looking. He's always looking over his shoulder. He's always glaring at him, or he's asking Hogan, "What are you doing?" And Elizabeth always steps in to stop to defuse it. Yeah, right. Um, but nobody knew that that's what they were building to, so nobody caught it until after the fact. Mm-mm. And that is amazing that they would do something just in case someone noticed it. Just in case yep. it's like, oh, he's getting pissed. Why is he getting pissed? Well, because Hogan picked her up and swung her around. You know, Hogan put her up on his shoulder. Hogan touched her a little lower on her waistline than he should have. That kind of thing. Yeah. And in that, just like everybody says that uh, in the Karate Kid, they say that Daniel LaRusso is actually the bad guy. He was. And Johnny did nothing wrong. This is the same thing. Hulk Hogan was actually the bad guy in this whole thing. He, Randy Savage reacted like most men would. Now, most men probably would not pick up a championship belt and smack someone with it. But if that kind of thing was going on, they, they might throw some fists. Yeah. You know, they might get a little pissed off. And so in that, yes, Hulk Hogan, the bad guy in this whole story and tried to break up the greatest love story ever told. He did, because Hogan's an asshole. Yeah. So, I, this, even though I'm not the biggest Hogan fan anymore, when I was a kid, yeah, I was. Yeah, so was I. I mean, well, I was a more Ultimate Warrior fan, but when I was, before Warrior showed up, I was a Hogan, big Hogan fan. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um... But I did enjoy the Mega Powers. I, I I think I still think this is one of the greatest storylines that they've ever done. And for the wedding, the, for the yeah to 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 build up the relationship well, for the relationship of even Savage and Elizabeth, even the Mega Powers exploding. I loved it all, and still. Even though Savage was a heel, I I was still a Savage fan. I, I I love Randy Savage. He's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. And just the way that they told the story over like four or five years to get from... And even longer than that because they built it from the time that she was his manager. Yeah. They were building that relationship and then they inserted Hogan and continued it. So, you know, you, you figure there's a good... They invested a good... I'd say seven years. Seven years in this storyline. And the payoff was amazing because you got that big wedding that actually fucking happened. Yeah. Which most of them, as we have... Did t- not. They did not happen. So, so out of what, four or five weddings that WWE, WWF has had? Oh, one, shit. Yeah, we talked about like six or eight of them in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, and they've had... One actually went off without a hitch. Except for the snake in the box, but... Yeah. It's a snake in a box. 
Well, even the snake in a box. Yeah. The yeah. what was her name? Uncle. Uncle Elmer. Uncle Elmer, or no, no, it was not Uncle Elmer's. Oh, wait, his went off without a hitch. The uh, the wedding itself did. Yeah. The reception did not. Um, but Piper did interrupt Uncle Elmer's and told him he stinks. And then Vashon's went off without a well. No, it, he it, got body it, slammed it, in the ring. But it got finished. It got finished, and he got body slammed in the ring. Yep. But yeah, typically, um, I guess you know if we if we. Because we are, you know, it's, it, it's, the story's done. We, we've told the story. Yeah. So it's time for that, uh, like the moral of the story. So here, where it's Valentine's Day weekend, Valentine's Day just in a couple days after, as you're listening to this. Love is in the air. Love is in the air. And. Wait, if wait, we, wait, wait. That's not love I smell. No, I. I farted. Yeah. This was nachos you had. <laughs> this was nachos. Um, like the homemade queso I made. The, Pseudo queso, because there, there was no salsa in it. Oh, that's not, that's not right. No, because I didn't have any, but I did put hot sauce in it. Oh, there you go. Um, it had a tomato product in it. So the, the kind of the, the, the takeaway from this is, with it being the season and love being in the air, some of you may be thinking about getting married. Our advice, don't do it in a wrestling ring on television. Yeah, do it on a house show. <laughs> Maybe just... <laughs> don't do it in a wrestling ring, period. Maybe just stay home. Yeah. Do it, do it. Or, or you could go with my philosophy. Don't get married. So, <laughs> is there anything... Uh, what we've talked about today, any of these these weddings or the Macho Man Elizabeth, I still think Mega Ma- saga? I still think Macho Man and Elizabeth were the greatest couple ever in yeah. wrestling. And I mean, people are gonna are gonna say it, which we really didn't bring it up except for their divorce. Um, yeah, they had their problems. Yeah, well, everybody's got their problems. Yeah, there 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 was they're stuff, a more publicized, but yeah, there was stuff that went on that you know. People are going to say, oh, they weren't the greatest couple because of this or that. It, you know what? It was a wrestling story. Even Cinderella and Prince Charming had their problems, okay? Yeah. Or the Prince. Snow White was Prince Charming. They had their problems. Uh, yeah, they had their problems. She was with seven dudes before she met him. That was Snow White, yeah. Well, the Cinderella Prince, he, he saw the most beautiful girl he's ever seen and he fell in love with her. So he had to take her shoe and try it on everybody's fucking foot in the kingdom because he couldn't remember what she looked like? Yeah, I couldn't remember her face. Really? I think he just had a foot fetish. <laughs> I just think he was staring at her tits. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. What'd she look like? Uh... Well, from here up, she was from here down, she was great. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, I think I think we we've covered the romance of the wrestling world quite well. Yeah. Today. So, uh, what do you say we just wrap this up? Yeah, because we've... You got here at like 3, and it's almost 11 now, so... Yeah, we've been doing another, that. another another week where we're running late. I'm... Yeah, well, I, last, well, the last show, we ended up getting done like at 1 in the morning. I know. Oh, trust me, I know. Um, and I'm, I'm nearing uh, 24 hours awake here pretty quick. So, I'm going to get some sleep. 
For the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power, I'm Mikey. I'm Corey. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye, Corey. Happy Valentine's Day, people. Good goodbye. Yeah, don't get married in a wrestling ring. And don't propose on Valentine's Day. And Yeah, don't do it don't don't propose on Valentine's Day or birthday or Christmas. Yeah. Because do it when it means something, not when you're getting out of giving them a gift. Yeah, and don't get your wife or girlfriend roses. That's tacky. Get her something else. Okay? Like something meaningful. Like a Ouija board. So I got my wife for Valentine's Day a few years ago. That's right, you did. A Ouija board. And she loves it. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Get get things that matter. It's the little things that count. Yeah. And yeah, here's, <laughs> here's me with single as a Pringle and... We got love talk with yeah. Dr. Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. I do have people come and ask me for advice with relationships. I give pretty damn good advice. The problem is, I don't follow my own advice. It's like I can look at something else and say, this is what you should do, or this would be a good idea. I just don't follow my own advice. And I've gotten better at following mine. Yeah. So, anyways, we're going to get out of here. So, uh, I'm going to go buy my wife some roses. God damn it, you just said don't. I know. I <laughs> damn <laughs> well you ain't buying no roses. So, alright. See ya. See you guys. Oh, man. What's going on? I'm not trying to go through all this trauma. Hey, baby, what's the problem? You know I'll do anything in the world, baby girl, just to solve them. Cause all I want to do is make you smile and bring joy to your life. I ain't trying to be foul. Cause I'll never doubt you. I'm all about you. Tell you the truth. I can't breathe without you. By my side through trying times. And I knew right then I had to make you mine. I won't creep in the street cause the feeling's deep. Come home, make love and fall fast asleep. The fame's cool, but you're really complete. Me and I never felt this way about another so deeply.
that's the case, vice versa. I know you know that. You always pick me up when I'm falling down. You give me a hand when I'm flat on the ground. And I'm glad you're the one that I found. Cause I can count on you when I need you around. Not a fair weather friend, you were there through the storm. You're not after Macho's money cause you're far from the norm. In times of need, there's nothing you wouldn't do. And through the ups and the downs, I can depend on you. Uh. Me, then you hate me, wanna leave me, pretty lady, can you tell me, what's that all about? First you love me, then you hate me, wanna leave me, pretty lady, can you tell me, what's that all about? First you love me, then you hate me, wanna leave me, pretty lady, can you tell me?